Val Verde. <laughs> What you doing there, Mr. Munson? Barclay. Staring to a gleaming stone, trying to see new light. It glistened once, now it's unrefined and cold. Try to live a perfect life, paint our world in Podcast episode 19 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 183, rocking out the fantasy football goo, dropping the knowledge. We are ready to get down and party with you guys tonight in this fantasy um, football conversation. Man, we did one on two days, three days ago. So, right back into it. Nice work. Tonight's show is going to be about championships are won in rounds 5 through 12. You know, basically we'll go through a little bit deeper than that potentially as well. But going to just talk about value picks that you get and the way that every time I've won the championship, more or less, that I can think of. It hasn't been about my first two picks. It hasn't been about the early guys you get. It's about where you get the ADP values and the gems in the middle and later on in the drafts. As usual, I've got Houdini to the left of me. Stag party across the way. Dogmatica was Got caught sleeping and is in traffic right now on his way to the show. So Dog Maddox will be in the mix with here when, with us when he gets here. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And I think this is going to be a fun show. It came out uh, about his talking with um, Justin. Guys helping us with characters, and he was saying how champions, champions. We were texting back and forth, and he was like, I think championships are one of the, the fifth through the twelfth round. And I was like, you know what? We're always talking about the top end of the, these tiers. And we're always talking about, you know, the, the high the high guys and whatever. And on the show, we you know, we're always talking about everyone, but let's really dive deep and, and go into the value picks and some of the guys that are a little bit lower down in drafts and, and rounds and that could be in your starting lineup and helping you win. I, I think I know why a dog might be late though. Uh, I, I think the reason for that could be Valverday. Hi. <laughs> Not you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Not you. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, this is um, just in general, fired up to do a podcast. I think we were all a little haggard in our last podcast. It was Sunday after a long weekend. Uh, today, it's midweek, and we're heading into a holiday weekend, so it just feels the energy's a little bit higher today, um, and just excited to talk about fantasy football. So, And the dead are coming to town. And the dead are coming to town. You know what I found out today? I got all-access pass on Sunday. Nice. 
fired up for that. I'm going to be taking some serious hippie pictures on Sunday. I'm just going to be taking pictures of all the ones that are uh, passed out from too many uh, hallucinogenic drugs and stuff. Do not eat the brown acid. Do not eat the brown acid. Is that like a go-to rule? I've never heard that one. The, the don't eat the brown acid? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. That's back at Woodstock, isn't it? They're back at Woodstock, they're basically over the PA. Like, don't eat the brown acid. Like, people were like passing out and dying. Like, just it was, there was literally like, we know you're all on acid out there, but let's give you a, a health warning. The brown stuff's really bad for you. Um, anyway, I don't think I'm going to be doing any acid Sunday, but if it gets dropped onto my tongue, yeah. uh, you know, so, so be it. <laughs> If my tongue happens to find its way, where it happens to be underneath some acid, and some said acid just happens to hit my tongue, so be it. I don't. I can't think of another show other than The Grateful Dead that it would even it would even peak as a thought in my brain to be willing to do so. So, well, I hear there's a guy that's gonna be out there with like one of those like you know little spray things that they have but when you go to baseball games to mist you. It's just gonna be dosing people with acid, liquid down. acid. Yeah. Nice, good times. Well, I've heard they've already told the security guards, be careful. The the the, uh, the concert goers might be on acid, so we'll see. You know, with all the with all the police brutality and um, uh, bravissimo, there could be some serious attacks going on with the hippies. Anyway, good times. We miss you, Jerry. We really do. Uh, but excited to see this whole thing uh, again twenty years later. I was at that last Chicago show. Good times. Um, all right. Let's do one little quick Pyro Pro and then get into it. Uh, please go over to uh, iTunes, uh, subscribe to us there if you haven't. Um, give us a rating and a review, and you know we just want to build that up. Uh, so I know a lot of people are doing it every week, but keep continuing on, and uh, we just need some some more love there. So if you haven't done it yet, please go over there and do it. If you are more of an Android person, you can listen to us uh, and follow us using Stitcher or Spreaker as well. So those are other outlets. To download and regularly listen to the Pyro podcast. So, show the love. Um, all right. So, I think in general, uh, stag party. You know, you've got some kind of more off the cusp, different types of draft strategies this year. You're kind of marinating and, and mocking towards. In those in those moments, you know, just I won't, I won't pin you down with a question in corny or anything, but what, what where are you going to in your early five six? Like, what do you what, where are you feeling like that's going to bring you? Your, what player you think you're looking for in there for this year's draft? Five six, I'm looking for running backs and wide receivers still, and then seven eight, well potentially Travis Kelsey in five. Whoop whoop, uh, and then six seven, you know, more running backs and receivers, and then right around eight or nine, I'm looking for my first quarterback. And then I'll eventually, if I don't get Kelsey, I'll eventually draft the tight end in like the 10th or 12th. Besides that, I'm just loading up on running backs and receivers. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm definitely, that's usually where I'm, I'm probably looking to grab my quarterback. I mean, the guy who I'm targeting this year is uh, Roethlisberger, so I'm hoping I, that I, I get him in the fifth round, uh, maybe sixth round. After that, definitely still probably loading up on wide receivers and running backs. But I'll also probably take potentially my two tight ends during that span as well. I mean, you got seven picks there. So quarterback, two tight ends, uh, and then at least probably could be, depending on how I went in the, in the first few rounds. If I went heavier and, and, and got uh, two running backs already, then it might just be one running back there. If I, uh, if I only had one, then I'm definitely grabbing two, if not three. So 
You are you going with two tight ends because you want to kind of plug and play between the two tight ends? That's your kind of preferred strategy this season, or are you just looking to pick up a solid playmaker and then one guy with upside? What's your kind of play there? You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I always I, I I think in my I always have one league that's just an annual league, and so we have a different set of rules. So it's like if I'm in a regular standard league, I got to think about it. I'm probably not going to grab the second tight end. Um, my, the league I'm, and, I'm, and I apologize for that because the one that I do is like you only get 12 moves and you start three t- three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. So a lot of times you would use a second tight end as a uh, as a flex player uh, based on the rules. But no, I think I, in a standard regular league, you're right. I'm, I'm probably just going to grab one tight end there. I feel good at the depth of tight ends, and actually the guy who I'm coveting is probably going to be available so late based on his ADP. But I, I'm still I'm, I'm still a Kobe Fleener fan, so. Uh, I'll wait and take him in the 11th or 12th round the way it looks. Cool. Maybe even 13th or 14th. Maybe, maybe the draft me. It's, it's, it's crazy. So He's plummeting it, further yeah. than uh, anything possible. Yeah. Why is that? I think a lot of people are moving up Dwayne Allen for some reason. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I guess they like the fact that he scores touchdowns and doesn't play more of a wide receiver type role. Uh, especially with... The Colts apparently ripped up half their playbook with two tight end sets and with fullback sets. So they're not going to play as tight and as pro style as they have uh, notoriously in the past. So there's expected to be a lot more three, four wide receiver sets with the drafting of Dorsett and the other talent they have at wide receiver and just trying to get uh, Moncrief and his speed and Dorsett and his speed with great matchups uh, against you know second tier DBs. So that's one of the reasons they're kind of phasing out the tight end a little bit, but I still think Fleener's the guy to go with over an Allen in that kind of case. Well, and I, th- I think the other big part is people are pro- projecting so much for Andre Johnson and expecting that Frank Gore is going to be taking up a big chunk of all those, uh, some of those touchdowns as well. But at the same time, I just look at it here. Here's a guy that he's been playing with Andrew Luck since they were in college. They have all the chemistry in the world. They continued to build on their chemistry last year, and they showed some nice flashes. I have a good feeling that he may even be one of those guys when they go four wide receiver sets that he's lining up as one of those wide receivers. So I don't doubt that, especially when they need a little more size on the field. Andre Johnson's never been a great red zone target, and the rest of those guys aren't are giants like Fleener is. Right. So, well, I, I'm gonna probably stay away from a lot of that situation. Um, but I hear you. Fleener got stuff done. Wayne Allen, real high right now. He's actually ranked at the 12th at the, at the tight end. No, yeah, uh, averaging around 11 or 12 in the tight end position. And uh, overall, that's uh, 115. So high. And then Fleener's 158. Uh, so pretty. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a pretty sizable gap when we're talking, yeah. you know, July 1st ADP. Oh, right. welcome to July, boys. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah how about it? Have you. Uh, Halfway th- we're halfway through the year. It's pretty crazy. Um, have you? What are you thinking about Andre Johnson? You know what he he is getting so much love. I just made a bet with OC for twenty five bucks this week that uh, even barring injury, it cannot save you here. But I got Kevin White scoring more than Andre Johnson this year. Uh, yeah, I do. So I, I mean, Andre Johnson. I think he's going to be sweet. He's probably going to have a, a better year than he's been having for a while. We know how good he is because. He's never had a guy throwing him like Locke. But at the same time, I feel like he's an older guy. He's going he's gonna to get a little... He's playing on turf. 
He's got. There's got to be some nick-ups happening, and I just don't. I, I think at certain moments they do have such a bevy of, of talent and guys to go to. There's just going to be some days that AJ is just, uh, you know, kind of a decoy and an afterthought. I think we talked about this uh, maybe last week or during the the wide receiver uh, podcast when we, uh, or our cheers when we were talking about it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not as as, as high on him because there are so many other mouths. What are you high on right now? Everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is is uh, I I want I want to see I expect to see it more like a, just a veteran solid wide receiver. He's going to be there more as a teacher to kind of to really give uh, a lending hand to both Moncrief and the Dorset and kind of show them the right way to be wide receivers. Be the the, the person that's going to allow T Y Hilton to have better matchups and to create for the offense. He's going to find opportunities in the offense. You know I bet she probably has maybe two to three hundred yard games on the year, but he's also going to have some stinker games. And I just, again, I just don't see him uh, being a real major threat in the red zone where, you know, he's traditionally never done that in his career anyway. You know, I, obviously in this offense he'll have more opportunities, but I don't think he's going to be option A number one when you see how poorly he does as that option. Come on, guys, get back on topic. We're talking about, you know, overall player 44 here. We're supposed to be talking about rounds five. All good, all good. No, but that was, that's all good. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. In our mock draft for our version three of the draft kit, we did a, a, a pyro mock draft. My fifth pick was Kevin White. Now, that was one of my regretful picks. Not because I don't love him. I just told you I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I still do. But what I didn't do there is I missed out on a, on a Greg Olson, who I thought Greg Olson, I think I could have gotten White back in the sixth round. And, um, and and my sixth round pick I wasn't happy with. So it, it's one of those things where I'm thinking like Greg Olson might be the kind of guy that I'm targeting in that fifth round, uh, hoping to get him. If he's not, I'm going to wait a little bit on an Ertz. But it seems like Ertz is catapulting up the uh, up the ADP and the uh, the boards big time. Uh, it's probably because of his hot girlfriend who's given uh, men like me catapults. <laughs> <laughs> what if, well, I'm not even going to ask. I was going to say, what's your catapult flinging? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most disgusting thing ever. Oh, gosh. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I actually ended up in that mock going in the seventh round getting Ertz there. So I was a little bit bummed out afterwards where I didn't like my planning and I thought, you know, I went a little high on white, homer move, I'm excited by him. It was a mock, you know, you want it, you're testing things out, throwing them on the wall, against the wall to see if they stick. Uh, but in, in hindsight, I'd say out of the mocking and everything I did, that fifth round pick to me and passing up on Greg Olson um, was the biggest thorn in my side. You know, I think that this is a good mock draft, it's a good one to talk about, right? Because, so, in my situation, I... I got Sammy Watkins in, in the fifth round, then grabbed Golden Tate in the sixth round. So I was liking my, my building of my wide receivers there. Seventh round, then it went running back, C.J. Spill. You know, this is a standard league. Standard so league, right. They're probably not going to get him there in PPR as I saw him go in the uh, end of the second round today in a PPR mock draft. Jeez. So, but again... A bad pick, I think. Second round. Second round. That's a little inferior. It's very, it's very high. high that's high. Dude. That's yeah. What are they smoking? I don't know. They're smoking it's better Spilla. stuff than us. The we Spilla are. Spilla. So and then and then after that, I, I just want to talk about. Uh, so the next pick was a Victor Cruz. So able to go five, you know, three wide receivers and five through eight. 
and pick up quality wide receivers. And, and I didn't like what that I Cruz pick, though. I think you could have waited on that one. I remember when you did it, I was like, Cruz, uh, just because he's banged up. But, you know, Cruz is that's falling right now. He's falling big time. But that's the problem with doing mocks this early. You know, your lack of information, guys that are hurt. You just he was also my you know. fifth wide receiver, though. No, I, yeah, no, I know, I know. So, you know, that's almost one of those ones where it's like you just take the upside if you know that he has that potential. Yeah. And it's not like it's a guy who I'm having to insert into my starting lineup. So, yeah, week one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's also going to dictate, you know, partly how people are going to take chances when you're in these these middle rounds. It's a, depending on how your team is built, if you just had, and for me, the separation that I saw with Victor Cruz versus, and maybe it was a Greg Olson there or something that I could have taken, I don't know, but it, it was like... Olson went in the fifth. Okay. So, no, this is, this is in the eighth round. So there was, there was no other player that was close on my tiers. Victor Cruz was head and shoulders above everybody else. So at that point, it didn't bother Are you still this high on Victor? Because well, he's basically saying, what I'm reading is that... No, I mean, you're talking about from before. Might be, like, he might be put on the PUP. Well, this is the whole thing. All those things will be uh, tuned to change. But yeah. training camp is coming up. Once you see guys get into camp, and once you actually get real reports, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else right now is, is, is pretty much speculation. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Are they holding him out of preseason games? You know, uh, you know, if he's healthy, playing with Odell Beckham, who is going to experience the seismic shift of all kinds of coverage coming his way. Totally. Victor Cruz, along with the rest of those young receivers there, he has a chance, you know, especially with the chemistry that he has with, with Eli, to, to capitalize on that. But, he, you know, obviously he's got to be healthy. Yeah. Odell Beckham, you know, faced 28 double teams last season, and he had a success rate of, like, Two-thirds of the time, he beat a double team for a catch. I'll say this. Victor Cruz. Well, hey, if he can do that throughout his career, then he's going to be the uh, the Wilt Chamberlain of uh, of the NFL. So, you know. <laughs> Victor Cruz is uh, just is the face in a mo- in a modeling. He's, he's, one, he's definitely one up to uh, Edwards. What was Edwards' first name? Uh, wide receiver from Michigan. Anyway. Uh, Braylon? He, yeah, Braylon. He, Victor Cruz is the face of Gavinci. Gavinci. That uh, fashion brand is like the most expensive shit you can do. And so he's going to be their main model this year. So if the knee doesn't come back to full strength, the uh, the fella's got a, uh, he's got a fallback plan on modeling. You better be able to walk the w- runway. You know, you got, can't have a trick knee oh, walking the runway. Want, <laughs> walk the runway. But he, he's had a great... What a life that guy lives. He just... He hangs out with presidents. He's like buddies with all the rappers. I mean, Victor Cruz lives in New York. I mean, he's, he's just got it going on. I'm not going to dis- discount the life that Victor Cruz is living so far. Is he going to be able to live that same life with the, you know, coming back from a patellar tendon tear, which has ruined some careers here in the past couple of years? That is what to shall be determined. Be and, but one of those things, I think there's, you know, in rounds 5 through 14, 5 through 12, in that kind of range, everybody has question marks. Sure. And one of those question marks is injuries. And are they injury risks? Uh, have they been injured in the past? Are they coming off injuries? And if these, if they didn't have these things, then these guys would not be in this round, in in this available to be drafted in this kind of range. Uh, they've all got some sort of type of question marks, or they're unknowns because they're rookies, or they had a down season last year, or those kind of things. And that's what pushes them into these rounds where you can find values. Uh, and in the past, remember, you know, Steve Smith came off a down year, and down then he got up. Cam Newton, and then 
you know, those are the guy, kind of guys you're looking for. Steve Smith with a rookie quarterback, uh, fully healthy, bounce back, and you can get him in the 10th round. Those are the type of guys you're wanting to target in the 5th through 12th round. 100%. It's the opposite of career year beware. It's, it's start looking at the guys who had down years and who are going to have the ability to bounce back. You know, especially if you know the, the guy is not extremely old, especially if he's a younger player and there's just you know other circumstances. Keenan Allen. Yeah, right. You know, there's there's time for him to come back. It's going to be you know it was the second year in the league, so let's see what happens. So I agree. I love to be targeting guys that are that have a chip on their shoulder, something to prove, have done it before, but then came came back down to earth. And are still in an in a, in a, in a offensive situation where it can make sense. Uh, some, someone like a Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though he's an older guy, you put him with Carson Palmer last year, and his numbers were off the charts when he was playing with Carson Palmer. He would have ended up with something like, what was like 12, wide receiver two numbers. Yeah, so. twelve to fourteen hundred yards or something like that would have been up over ninety catches. Um, the touchdowns weren't quite there, but uh, I expect that to come, especially with the offense progressing the way it is. Uh, with with Palmer back, you never know. Where is Victor? Uh, not Victor. I'm sorry. Where is uh, where do we have Larry sitting ADP wise? Where is he going in most? Oh, I'm sure he's probably pretty late. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, he's, he's after Michael Floyd at 91. There you go. And he's probably going to be jo- behind John Brown here soon enough with the hype drain that kid's rolling out. Yeah, pretty <laughs> impressive that you uh, called that out because guy we were just talking about before that is Victor Cruz, who's 91 or uh, 92. And Larry Fitzgerald's 91, uh, so right uh, right there. Yeah. Are, that's in the same zone. Uh, welcome back, dog. I hope you're not going to have road rage on this podcast. Oh, i got to tell you, I was not <laughs> planning on drinking tonight. Uh, I had bottles of water with me, and after that drive, I stopped at 7-Eleven, and <laughs> it's about yeah. time, baby. Good man, good man. Um, all right, well, this is, uh, th- I think that's a great, that's awesome, if, if I love it. We talked a lot about Carson Palmer in our last podcast. We don't need to do it again, but I like that with Larry Fitzgerald, where if he did that great with Palmer and you guys I know are super high on him, then maybe i got to start moving. I love Fitz as a player. I just don't like his uh, his trends, but that's you're saying because Palmer was out and he had the worst quarterbacks throwing to him oh, yeah. probably for the last three, more, more or less the last three years than you could ever imagine. And, and if you don't He's mind me interrupting you, when it comes to someone like Larry Fitzgerald, I think of Val Verde. Tank Grand Tab. King coming, sweets. I got a long drive. Do me a favor, will you? Do you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table? Uh, not old, just good and smooth. Oh, I tried to say old and coming off an injury? What are you trying to say about Val? <laughs> I like uh, I like that twenty four ounce can. Oh, I, I thought it looks around. like he's holding like a, <laughs> a, a, I don't even know what is that. It's like a bomb or something. It, well, it's uh, it's a bullet. That is a big. <laughs> you ever, ever see a picture of uh, Andre the Giant yeah. holding like a beer Molson or holding Canadian. yeah, or even holding like a a, a Jack and a Jack bottle? It's like it, so it looks small. like a five hour energy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It does. That's how he, that's how we drank them too. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you. Him and uh, Gerard Depardieu have the biggest, highest tolerances ever. Like, just sit around and, like, start with a case of beer. Um, so, tell us about the audio today, Houdini. Well, for uh, one of our fans, uh, Mr. Jared Tabor, it's Kingpin. So, yeah, Woody Harrelson, Bill Murray, uh, Randy Quaid. It's a good one. We're on. Who's that hot broad in that movie, too? Her career should have been prolonged. 
know, but I watched that nipple scene over and over again while I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And the music is from Django Django. Uh, good, good, awesome band out of, I believe, Australia. Um, we played the Beta Band a couple, a few weeks ago, and these are relatives of the Beta Band. Uh, awesome. Just came out with their second album called Born Under the Saturn. Um, and they're going to be here uh, in Chicago on um, the 31st of July. I'm definitely going to check that shot. Vanessa good, Angel. Yum, yum. Uh, yeah, that's chicken. It she was out. good. You're a good, a young, and upcoming man. And the dog brought Drew the dog to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So Daisy's Woo! getting love now. Yep. She looks like a little alien because she got all shaved. Yep. Uh, our little mascot. She's so, got a huge head now. She, yeah, I think she's always had that. Let's talk about some of the you know past season success stories. Sure. Like guys you sort of drafted in rounds you know five to twelve, five to fourteen, who have paid off you know in spades by being a a top player at the position relatively and providing just huge huge value. And, you know, I think a lot of these players you know sort of fall into. Uh, younger players or bounce back players or guys coming off injuries or just you know relative unknowns who suddenly get workloads and then you know guys like Jimmy Graham you know a couple years back when he was coming out of nowhere and just had that five TD sort of season and then came out and blew up you know blew up the fantasy world and changed tight ending forever. The perfect. That's a perfect segue because my best. I know I won the championship this year, and I had Adrian Peterson in the first round, but he had a he had a serviceable season. It wasn't his two thousand yard season. It was the one before that. This is going back to two thousand and eleven. There was you know just probably my best four rounds in a row ever. That just like when I walked out of everyone, everyone was just like, God damn, how did you get that talent later on? And basically in that draft, I got Jimmy Graham his second year before while he was about to. Explode and go nuts in the seventh round. So that was the first pick of the seventh round, Jimmy Graham. Um, <clears throat> then in the eighth round, uh, I took Chris Wells, but this is a rookie draft. Obviously, Beanie Wells, did pr- he was actually okay for rookies, but in the eighth round, I got Beanie Wells, but you had to start a rookie in that one. In the ninth round, I got Welker, which that was the season where Welker went, uh, had a great season of 100 catches and was for some reason. There was a, a string, even going back to the 2008 season, that Welker was super undervalued. And we should try and pinpoint some players in this podcast. That <laughs> even after having big catch and big seasons, uh, he was, there was just something about his small whiteness or something where he was just he was just overlooked. So I got uh, Welker in that ninth round. And then the next round, uh, the guy we were just talking about in the tenth round was Steve Smith. Coming back after that, that was the big season. He had at least a good start. He started really hot when Cam was uh, going ballistic with those passes. Slanging his it. Season. Um, so that's kind of the example for, for, for me of that 7 through 10 uh, really brought a lot of success to the table uh, for me and where you look at the first four rounds and it's just like some, some great picks there, but that's not where you win the championships. It's really not. Val Verde. Monster. This feels weird. Are you are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? <laughs> is monster, is that stuff legal? Huh, still. I did see this like uh, lady who was talking about the monster can and all their logos. So I, I don't know if this is true, but for you, those of you who went to Hebrew school, uh, like this symbol right here is a six, right? Uh, so they're saying it's a six six six. Six oh, six it's, six. It's, it's, and that there's the Antichrist in the O here. And I just, I watched this and I was like, 
what the fuck just happened to me? <laughs> like, I'm still gonna drink the shit. <laughs> but gonna, I'm gonna feel a little bit guiltier now. You're, you're gonna be possessed one show. <laughs> you were possessed that one show. It makes With make fantasy sense knowledge. The only thing that didn't happen is your head didn't spin around and you didn't puke out pea soup. So, I'm gonna go back to what you were saying about like getting guys that were either coming off. You don't want to injury. talk about my monster. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that one simmer, uh, and maybe we'll come back to that later. So, you have like the guys that are coming off of injury, or the guys that are in a different situation. So, last year you had in the sixth round in my 12 team league, you had Jeremy Macklin go, who was coming off of the injury and in the perfect situation, and how much did that guy pay off? Uh, so Macklin. Dog actually had the best uh, projection of Macklin of anybody last season. So heads up to Dog in the Fantasy Pros uh, ADP contest. He had the best projection of Macklin last season. There you so, go, buddy. Thank you. That's why somebody took him in the sixth round. So And then also in that same round, Emmanuel Sanders went. So now here's another guy that was going from Pittsburgh to Denver. Situation ended up being amazing for him in that offense at that time. So there was a value steal. Cam Newton also went in the sixth round of that year. So there was value, but at the same time, someone else was taking uh, Rashad Jennings. Someone else was taking Chris Johnson. Someone else is taking Pierre Thomas. So you're seeing you know, a whole bunch of crap amongst all these gems that are there. So it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable, too. And, you know, when you go further into these into these drafts and you see, you know, uh, Greg Olson getting drafted in the eighth round where Dennis Pitta's drafted before Greg Olson last year. Oh my gosh. That's Pitta Pitta I hurt it hurts my hip even to say that guy's name. It's just popping it out, doing yeah. a little pop and lock it. Pitta <laughs> I, so, you know, there's so, a yeah. lot there's a lot in our the, the year I won the Pyro League, uh Back when we did it a couple years that. ago. I don't know. Yeah. We're not talking about our old leagues on here, Stag. You don't remember either time? Uh, oh, I thought so. We'll talk about the new one coming up here pretty soon. We've already got some pretty great video submissions. Tell, uh, tell, our, tell about, you know, our audience about that. Uh, the great video submissions? Well, and just the fact that we're going to you know, give a little background. So, we're, we're going to do a Pyro League. Right now, it looks like it's going to be two leagues of 12. We'll split everybody up so they'll be like... Uh, four guys from Pyro in each league, and then you know eight fans in each, give or take. Uh, we're still refining all the details, but we'll invite uh, everybody to send us in a video submission, uh, creative, uh, you know things that are just out of this world. I think today we got a Lego Pyro logo, which was awesome. So super sick, super sick. So we're, we're looking forward to things like that. We also accept bribes. Important, you gotta we, know. I don't. We don't want you to hear about how awesome you are in fantasy and how you want to whoop our ass. Uh, <laughs> of course, we get that. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to do that? You want to beat us, but be creative. Do something innovative. Uh, just don't kill yourself while doing it. We don't want that on our conscience. Yeah, we will not open our view <laughs> like, the video like they say on MTV. <laughs> yeah. I love those videos when people blow themselves up on YouTube. It's like, like, oh, I'm doing a little experiment here. Boom, explosion. It's like they have black on their face like a cartoon. I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. There was a guy, sorry to go, there was one I saw this week of a guy who built an electric guitar. And the, 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 literally the strings were plugged directly into the alley. He's like, all right, well, the electric guitar is there. And he goes, zing, and totally fries himself, passes out. Camera gets knocked over, and he's like on, he's like, he's like convulsing by the camera, hidden on its side on the floor. Oh, my God, you idiot. In uh, 2000, when Y2K was happening, we went up to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, okay? And we got uh, Cabin and the Smokies, and 
Our other buddy uh, was coming up from, from Birmingham, Alabama with a bunch of his buddies. So they were, had big fireworks, right? And they wanted to shoot him off. So we're, we're on the cabin, and so he's, he gets in, and he's got these Goliath fireworks. The one's like the three balls in the paper. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't. it's going to be some good stuff. But they light it. And they asked me, city boy, never, never really dealt with anything before. Which way do you put it? I'm like, I don't know. I was, you light it, you, you put it in. So they lit it, put it in the wrong way. He's holding it off the railing, and we're all standing back, and you see, and I'm like, it went. It, it, it was pushing down. I said, the whole, the whole oh, yeah. uh, porch went green, and then I'm like, shouldn't we have heard something go over the air? Then. Boom! All you see is smoke, and then the guy comes running out through the smoke, holding his hand. Going, oh, jeez, Louise! I had a neighbor <laughs> knock off a finger with a, sorry, Jake, a, a cherry <laughs> cherry bomb when he was a, a young kid. Ooh. Just this guy, I don't even remember his name. He lived on the block. Cherry bomb was like an M80, and it took off like the top of one of his fingers. Well, this guy, whenever I see him, I'd always be staring right at his finger. Like, What's up, dude? <laughs> well, this guy, this guy didn't lose any fingers, so but it's like they had the, the tube then. They then decided to bury it in the ground in the lawn and then uh, yeah, stay far it, away from it. Put it to rest. Right. Makes sense. What do you got, Doug? <laughs> uh, I was just uh, looking at a, an old draft here, and I was thinking about, you know, guys who go to different situations, you know, switch teams or whatever, or completely different situations. In our draft in the A-League last year, some of the guys that were gotten in, you know, six, around six, seven, eight, right in that zone, who went to new situations that may not have been great before, but all of a sudden just became studs for their teams, obviously. Emmanuel Sanders. Huge, gotten in the seventh round. Golden Tate was taken in the seventh round. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was taken in the eighth round. Mm. Uh, I mean, some of these guys, and, and you even talk about like a, like a Julian Edelman, obviously, with the situation, with the movement of the players there in New England. It's a new situation. you got to expect those guys to, to rise. Um, D.Y. Hilton, for some reason, was gotten in the seventh round there. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Different situations, obviously. And then at the warrants. same time. Eric Decker was in this like the seventh round or probably around there. Eric too. Decker actually went. I was looking at that. He went in the tenth uh, round. Tenth round. Okay, tenth so round. that that actually understandable. You know, I mean, moving to the Jets, obviously a very different situation. Yeah, we'll see in that Tui in, in in a new league that I joined last year, uh, a keeper league. I got uh, and I've talked about this many times because I'm fired up about it for the next three or four seasons. But uh, got luck in the eighth round and then got Ty Hilton in the ninth round. Oh, no. It just shows you, like, that is the where that my team was awesome last year because you get that value there instead of reaching for players up in the in the fourth round. Which round would you get? Val Verde. First round? What I mean first round. Say is I was, uh, we, uh, I'm unable to have children. Nasty. Cheese grade in accident as a young man. More, more impotence, Derek, uh... Lines after my beers. So, how about you guys snaking that pyro? Yeah, the audio beer? speaks the truth. I don't know what to tell you. It just your finger just gets drawn to the to, to the button. I like it. It's like I got like the, uh, the body experience. Stick. Right, it's a Ouija board. Going right to it. I love how you guys snaked my pyro uh, league domination away from me and just sent it over to Dog. Oh yeah, we back to the M80. It's Julius Thomas and Noshan Moreno in like the 12th and 13th rounds. Uh, that was how. That, that was, was where big. you got your value in that one. Oh yeah. Are you able to look at the draft? Are you looking at the draft of that one right now? No. Or just you remember. Um, 
That was funny. Who when you won that one league and he wrote a piece on it, he's like, How the champion won the Pyro League. I like waited like three weeks to put it up. I don't even think you did. I, it's up. You can search. I actually saw, came across it the other day in the admin. I was like, stags. But I remember I'd get like a text from Stag, hey bro. When are you putting up that uh, championship piece? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it got lost. Re-email it to me. So, whoever wins the league will let them write their own fluff piece on the side as well. There you go. And it, if you don't win the league, you're going to have to be uh, the fluffer for the but draft. If you're the, if you're the, if you're the last... Am I going to have to be the blowjob girl? Yes. <laughs> if you're the last place team. <laughs> then, then yes, then you have to do that. You know. Well, you know what? The last place team in that league that I was just talking about with the luck—it's called the Pizza Pop League. Pizza Puffs, we know them in Chicago. We love them. Those greasy pizza things. Holy crap! The zits are forming while you're chewing. While on you're them. chewing, yeah, that's uh, insane. But it's a Chicago company, Il Taco, kind of marginally friends with the family that uh, owns the company. But we call it Pizza Puff League. The loser gets a case of Pizza Puffs and has to eat them by the draft. So we made the order this week and. Uh, Expenses, hell, Jesus, yeah. that better come. I better not have to be paying for that out of my own pocket. But the shipping on this, it was like over a hundred bucks just to ship the friggin' things to Denver. But Croner, yeah. Bone Bones got a lot of lot of Il Taco pizza puffs eating. Literally, how many, said, how many does he have? It's a case. It's a hundred of them. Oh, oh shit! Man. Man. He's got kids, <laughs> so his kids are probably gonna gain a bunch of pounds. But it's <laughs> okay. But when he lost, when he lost, basically he's like, oh my god, he was so pissed. He's like. I just told my wife we gotta rent a fryer. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if he doesn't eat them all? Nothing, you know. It's enough for him just to document it. But hell, I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to go out there and, and give old Denver a visit for some other reasons. Edibles, <laughs> um, <laughs> then pizza pops. Then pizza. <laughs> they're gonna make edibles. They're gonna make, munchies, they're gonna make edible pizza pops. Yeah, yeah, oh that's what it is. is. That would be great. The future of of edibles. <laughs> Deep fried edibles. Oh god, love these things. Um, awesome. So, I think that's good. Let's talk about um, you know if you if you got anything else you want to talk about your awesome pyro champion. You no, you, want, you want two for three, right? Yeah, two for three. I'm You're pretty good. good. I'll, I'll get you a pack of M80s, buddy. <laughs> good, good work. So, what uh, else? Get, let's talk about some other guys. Well, I, I was just like again, I was just looking at our, our A League draft. Um, just looking at my last five rounds, and I like the way I go about it. A couple of them didn't pan out, which is fine, but these are the type of picks you almost want. Like, we do 24 rounds, which is obviously an ex- <coughs> a little more than most most teams do, or most leagues do. Last two rounds, I always save for, for kicker and defense. I think I did fine. Blair Walsh ended up okay, but the Bills I got as the defense. Always save it for the last couple of rounds. If you don't know that, I'm, that we reiterate that all the time. Say it one more time. If you can get the Bills in the last round and not waste an earlier pick, don't. Period. Anyway. And they so, always slide. Maybe that'll change a little bit this year. It'll change. The Bills are going to find another one. The Bills are going The Jets, the Dolphins. I got the Bills in the last round this year. You'll get exactly something like that. That's exactly what you'll those get this two, year. And you'll be fine. Those are the values that you like. Yeah. yeah. And those are really good values at this point. You'll be just fine with that. But in those last uh, five picks before the kicker and the, and the defense, Devontae Adams worked out just fine for me. Cody Latimer, that was a shot worth taking just in case that third receiver pans out on, on uh, Denver. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw, the, the situation warranted it, being an Indianapolis uh, passing passing down back who ended up getting more time than, than not, uh, being a backup to Trent uh, Fuckupson. Uh, Storm Johnson. Not a bad call. The situation there in Jacksonville was 
um, you know, model. and it was a rookie, and it's a rookie, league. and it's a rookie league. So I, I had that going for me, and Brian Quick, who ended up doing pretty darn well for the Rams for a while there. Those are the type of guys that you kind of want to look at deep. You know, I mean, guys that, like I say, I've always mentioned the fourth receiver on the Packers, Gravel. That's the guy you want late in a draft. Uh, the the new guy in Denver, you know, grab it. The, the situation warrants stuff like that. And if you're looking for gems, uh, you know, uh, you know, hidden gems in the rough, there, that's the rounds that you want to do it. And those are the type of guys you go for. Well, it just so for for what you're talking about in the uh, th- my, this kid's a prodigy in our mock draft for the for version three of the draft kit. My favorite pick of the draft for sure was the ninth round, Devonte uh, Adams. Yeah, it's you know, just pick. sitting there and I'm looking at all the guys that are going around, and you're just like Devonte Adams, man. This guy, uh, there is no question in my mind. I this goes kind of back to some of the things that that uh, that. All you guys do, but mostly stag parties always like take the second guy. I have a feeling Devontae Adams is going to have a better year than uh, Randall Cobb this year. Cobb, oh. Cobb's always getting banged up. I just feel like Devontae's going to play all the games. I feel like he's he, the praise this offseason is going about Devontae, not it's uh, all about Devontae. It's Devontae. It's a, that's the chain, the game changer. And you, I still think he's going to get the lack of the coverage between Cobb and, and Jordy. So uh, Devontae Adams in the ninth round for anything, if you can target that guy, I think oh, yeah. he is just going to be a stud and such a big value pick. Uh, kind of the, uh, the, 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 Epiphany, or uh, wrong word, but the the, the 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 perfect the perfect person for what we're talking about and value picks in these five through fourteen rounds. Yeah, those two words have nothing to do with each other. You know, when I'm looking at these rounds too, it always happens. That's not right either. Especially at the running back position, is there's a rookie impact running back that comes out of those rounds. So, like in one of, in one of my leagues last year, where I was drafted, epitome. That's the word. Yeah, there there said, there you go. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear you. Okay, it's like Jeremy Hill, who was about like a ninth or a tenth round pick last year, depending on leagues. So you look at all the rookies this year, and you know that are going to be going in that in that next in that furthest trip because you're not talking about Melvin Gordon, you're not talking about Todd Gurley. These guys are going to be going earlier For in sure. drafts. But you know you have your Amir Abdullah, your T.J. Yeldon's, your Tevin Coleman's. You're, you're David is Yeldon going to be there? I love the Amir. I think the Amir, but isn't Yeldon? So Yeldon might be one? another guy that's going to be higher up. So then you still then you still got your Duke Johnson, David Johnson. You got your Javoris Allen. You got Matt Jones. You have a plethora of these guys that are all going to get taken at some point. Now it, it's kind of figuring out well which one has the best situation and the, and, and everything else going forward to, to really take advantage. And and there's a couple that I that I I like. I mean I really like. The chances for for David Johnson uh, for that Northern a, Iowa. That was a question I was going to ask you. Go, go on with what you're saying. Then I got a question for all you guys. Because he he fell into the right situation. He's falling into a situation in Arizona where they have Andre Ellington, who as great as he is and as much as Bruce Arians likes him, he's still going to be basically not the primary ball carrier. And and the good news for David Johnson, this is a big dude. He's six foot one, two hundred and twenty four pounds. He can take that other role. Who's his other competition there? It's Stephen Taylor. That guy has not proven to be able to do anything since he's come in, so that's why they drafted Johnson. So who do you who do you like better out of uh, the David Johnson? I'm, I'm pretty high on him situationally as well. Do you like him better than a Duke Johnson? Are you which guy are, are you are you higher on right now out of those two guys? Uh, David Johnson. It's basically just because. If a running back is in a two-person committee or a three-person committee, for sure. If there's a three-person committee, I don't touch any of them. 
Like that's like one of my steadfast rules is avoid three person running back committees. I agree. What's now, the news right sure. now out of Arizona? What are the beat writers saying? Here's about the thing about Johnson. David Johnson. He's not an inside runner. He's a bigger Andre Ellington. They played him a lot at wide receiver. He's actually a third down back who projects as sort of a backup. Uh, so the thing is, they still project Andre Ellington to be the lead runner uh, in that system, and he's sort of not being drafted like it. Uh, people have kind of soured on him after last season, you know, getting a lot of the carries. So the thing is, I think it's going to be more Andre Ellington again this season, but David Johnson getting more spell work on all three downs. Uh, more than Steph Van Taylor got last year. Well, they need him to have that spell work because they want Andre to be fresh. And the, the other thing is, he may not be an inside runner, but he's, he's got four or five speed, uh, and he's got the size. So you can learn to get inside as long as you can hit the hole and you can get through it. Then, then you, you you're effective. So, the, and, and then I'll say one thing, and then I'll let you go, Doug. Is, is as far as Duke Johnson, yeah, it's Cleveland. It's it's tough when you're when you're coming after, you know, you're going to have to chasing Isaiah Crowell and Terrence West. It's a nice addition. It makes their their whole running back situation a lot better and a lot stronger. But you know, there's a, if he if he takes it over, he's probably not going to be making a major impact until probably about week week six, week seven of the season. There's also the addition of um, the fact that Ellington is somewhat injury prone. You know, I mean that also helps a ton in that situation. Uh, Crowell or West, I don't see being an injury type guy. They're both sturdy. Uh, good runners who don't seem to, you know, get phased by getting banged at all. They, you know, if they got banged all last season, I didn't hear m- much of anything about it. Uh, but Ellington always seems to have a little bit of a problem uh, here and there. If he loses any sort of speed off of him, uh, you know, it, it's not, you know, he's just not that good. I mean, his his yards per carry last year because of all those injuries was what three seven, three point seven yards per carry. Not, 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 I remember a year ago after. It, it, not even people that drafted too early, but people that like drafted a couple weeks before the season started. Then all of a sudden, leading up to last year, Ellington's foot's bummed up. Yeah. He might not even be playing. They might throw him on the PUP, and people had already drafted him in like the third round or whatever, and had gone high on him. He powered through it and played it. Got a little dinged up with some other stuff later, but remember, like after drafts, he was going into the season hurt, and he was like, you know, they realized he can't hurt it anymore by playing on it, so he toughed through it. So hopefully, if he's coming with. A clean slate and a, and a bill of health, uh, Ellington. Maybe he was more injured last year than, than we give him credit for, and maybe we don't know the Ellington that we could see going into this season. If, as a Stag Party says, he's still going to be the lead guy. Of course, that's that's he is going to be the lead guy, and he has the potential to still put up good numbers. But I think they've they've finally come to understand that this guy is his, his sweet spot is what he was his his. Freshman year, his rookie year. That's what his sweet spot is, and that's what they they should probably be using him as. I think they're probably going to try and groom uh, David Johnson to try and take on more of a, I don't want to say a bell cow, a cow role, but at least a, a first and second down type of role and get and get Ellington back into his sweet spot because that's when he was doing the most damage. Uh, you try and throw him out there in first and second down, it's just, he takes too much of a beating. He's just not big enough to take that beating side. So I think you're going to get some really good value getting David Johnson a little bit later. And he will drop to the you know, 9th, 10th, 11th round, something like that. You know, smarter leagues might take him a little bit earlier. But if you can get him in that zone, I think you, you know, you're primed for success with that one. With Ellington, you're, really, you're just praying that he breaks across that first 
uh, that first line of defense. And once he does, no one's getting going faster uh, than him. His 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 fifth gear is happens so quickly after he gets the ball in his hands on a carry. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting <laughs> once he kind of beats past that first line of defense. But ah, can this guy take it 50 yards right now? So I don't know. I guess I'm kind of really relapsing in, 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 in or going back to loving um, Ellington a little bit more of late because I was high on, on, on David Johnson as well. But as big as he is, it, it, there was something that even in mocks I was taking him high. I, I kept passing on him in our in this mock for version three. And then I, I was never bummed out by it. And he kept on going and kept on. I'm like, why is this? And I'd read up a little more on him. So, I don't know. That team is, uh, if, if, if Carson Palmer can stay healthy like you guys think, I think that team is going to be one of the top five teams in the league. And I like having fantasy players on those best teams. And their defense is back to form, too. I mean, you, you throw Patterson out there. With the, I mean, he's supposedly um, over, uh, he had some problems. What, what was it? Uh, I just read some news on him that, he is back into form, and literally, you can't catch a ball against him. He's that freaking good on D. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting with that team. Let me, let me bring up another guy, uh, another rookie. And a lot of times, this is what happens to him. A rookie? It's, it's, for you. Uh, is a guy that was drafted in the fifth round by the Dolphins. And, you know, just based on situation and, and the type of player that he is, He's a guy that could end up being like the real sneaky guy that goes undrafted probably in mostly. That's J.A.J. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lamar Miller. So, Lamar Miller, you look at him and you say, he's taken some steps to become, you know, a number one running back. But he has not done anything that has made any coach at any point in time just go, oh, my God, we got Lamar Miller. Yeah! <laughs> you know, so that hasn't happened. Now Daniel Thomas is gone. Looking at that, that second role, Jay's going to have like the, one of the best opportunities to get it. And if Lamar Miller stumbles at any point in time, here's a guy that could step right in. Is uh, is uh, Marino still on the team or no? Free agent right now, so okay. one, one of the one of the yeah. few floaters, many floating running. Well, backs a lot of the you uh, need the new step, the next starting Dallas running back, no Sean Marino. Why you think he's gonna? He's gonna think go that's I don't think the four guys that are there are gonna be uh, hey, the guys. I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw's out there too. There's yeah. there's guys. Here, Thomas is out there too. Hey, yeah. No, I mean, when you're talking about uh, Herschel well, Walker, Chris Johnson still wants the job in Dallas. <laughs> Herschel Walker's out there. Yeah, he's always out there. <laughs> you hear what he said? He's like, yeah, I think I can still play in this league. And somehow someone's like, yeah, Atlanta's gonna grab him. Dan Quinn's like. Herschel Walker will not be in the Atlanta Falcon next Well, Dan Quinn said, "I, if Herschel wants a spot, he's got a spot. And then Dan Quinn backed up and backtracked real fast. <laughs> Walker is like, as fast as I can open up. Bell, there it is. as fast as Herschel Walker can still run the 40, apparently. Because there were stories that last year he was still running in the 4-2 range. <laughs> I believe. Really? That's yeah. disgusting. I, you heard, I, I assume you guys heard Favre came out and said that he could still play. Yeah. I mean, him out? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in that razor. Right in that all razor over Jen Seltor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some manscaping. And then, um, on, on, um, I'm not even going to go there. Stop. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's like, I don't really think I can lead a team and be a, a, you know, a leader and lead a huddle. He's like, but I can still make the throws. I wouldn't be able to throw as far. He basically, 
he didn't really think he could play in the league, but he thought he could still make the plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, going back to um, the Lamar Miller situation you were talking about, yeah. and JJ. Um, Lamar Miller, I mean, he's not. Granted, he had a he had a pretty decent year last year, but he's not proven whatsoever. Okay, he has not proven that he can withstand taking more than fifteen carries um, in you know his last in thirty two games. I think he has like five games over fifteen carries and only like four games of rushing for more than ninety yards, not a hundred. 90. So, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no saying that he's the end-all, be-all for the Dolphins. This Jay Ajayic kid, I mean, supposedly he would have, he, some people were saying that he was not just top three, could have been the second best running back in this draft. Not just the third, but the second best, about right behind Gurley, um, which I think is maybe stretching a bit. But all the worry was about that injury, and if he, you know, like they said, it's more of a long-term risk, not a short-term. He's fine for the short-term. His measurables at the Combine yeah. were as good as all the guys that were the first and second round picks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's same speed, ball, same, right? same cones, same shuttles, same, you know, same jumps. Same reps, yeah. same, yeah, same broad jumps. It's, it's, he's right there. Yeah, and he's a beast. The kid can run through he's, people, and he's, too. And he's, he's not a small guy. Six feet, two, six, two, 16. So. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, so, I mean, that's he, a great guy that you Miller can get is, a little bit Miller later. Miller is undersized. Yeah. And Miller is a little undersized. He's really? probably more built for the. Yeah, he's not. He's not, he's not big by any means. No, Miller's 5'11, 220 pounds. No way. Yeah. He put on weight to after. 220 pounds. But at the combat, he was, what, 216? Not, not even. He bulked up just to, get to, just to get to that. He was the speed the guy at the combat. Yeah. yeah. And he ran a 4'4. Four four. Do you know who JJ he reminds me of? Who? Lamar Miller. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Their their combine measurables are all pretty much the same. Their product college production is pretty much the same, except uh, Miller is playing against much better product. Uh, you know, Com- competition at Miami compared to the guys Ajayi was playing at Miami or at Boise, Boise State. State yeah. uh, what they've done, they can do all purpose yardage wise is very similar. That they're both three down players. They can both do it first, second, and third down. Ajayi is one of the best third down backs uh, in the draft. Seven eight uh, seventy eight catches for like seven hundred and seventy eight yards and five receiving TDs. Fifty rushing TDs in his career, over five thousand rushing yards. Hit, all the measurables are there. The thing is, I just think he's an exact. Replica of Lamar Miller. Miller's so, like five ten, yeah, and two hundred and twenty pounds now. Two hundred and twenty pounds now. He's yeah. bulked up. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things because the he wants twenty carries. Here's the problem with Lamar yes. Miller, though. Okay, for a guy that and that has the four four speed, you don't see him breaking away. It's like I think you were mentioning was it in uh, was it in the Pyro Pyro Light podcast where you talking about Jamal Charles and take away. His uh, take away his top five uh, rushes of the year that are all like sixty yards or more. No, that's what he does. Yeah. So that's the thing for me. That's why I think Lamar Miller is in danger in that situation. That's why I like a Jay is because Lamar Miller. Well, you got all the speed. If you can't get to the point where you can actually show it on the field, then that's going to be a problem. Does Lamar Miller get two hundred and sixteen carries again this year? No, but probably right around two hundred. Because last year he got 177, and it was what, 750 yards or something, uh, in the, two years ago, sorry. And then last year he was at 216 and got just, just over 1,000. 
But he's got a thousand ninety nine. But he does get some catching. He does get some catching yards. Not great. He's but. underwhelming in the receiving yardage department. Well, he yeah. did have the one ninety seven yard touchdown run last year. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that I was know. against the Jets. Go back and watch the yeah. week seventeen tape against the Jets if you want to see him break away. But that's, remember but that's, the best run defense in the league. Watch what he did against the Jets. Right. Well, I'll say I'm going to give him credit. On, on, but that was the only, about the only time I saw him do it. But what he does do is he's always usually gaining positive yards. And he, had a, he like Jamal Charles, he had over five yards of carry last year. So, you know, With an atrocious offensive line. Right, but just not enough of the big, big runs that really make the difference where he becomes, where you can expect him to be go from 1,099 rushing yards to 1,400, 1,500 rushing yards. I, I always loved it was also that, that game against the Jets was when the Jets had already given up. It was the last game of the year. Fantasy games are all over as with, with as well. Yeah. Fantasy is never over with daily have, fantasy. And game? Lamar Miller What's won me cash, so I'm going to defend so him until the day yeah, I die. He was 19 for 178 with that touchdown. So he was like trailing like by 80 yards to get to 1,000 yards on the, on the last game of the season. Yeah. They gave it to him. Lamar Miller is a was, running back, well, too. Miami also lost that game. <laughs> Strangely, 37 to 24. So, running back two, not no more Miami Dolphins. Miami, that's right. Lamar Miller, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely don't see him as an RB one this year. No. Right, around, right around running back fifteen. I still like him. Finished what ninth position last year. Anyone made money in Fanduel, so I'm going to advocate for Lamar Miller just a little bit. Until until you until lose he loses money. somebody <laughs> <laughs> until, until you lose some money. Dish, yeah. But yeah, Miller is um, right now the 18th. It's got a tougher strength of schedule too this year, Lamar. It's down to 21. Mm-hmm. Miami had an easier schedule last year, very different. But across the board, it's, yeah. 20, it's 21 this year. Yeah, it got a little tougher. So I don't know. Maybe that makes a difference. Maybe it does. He was a value pick last year. He's not a value pick this year. I think that's what about this show is about. Pretty much. So this goes back into what uh, Stag's been talking about. For a while, take the second guy because that's where the value might reside. I want to bring up another guy that's interesting uh, at the running back position whose whole situation of where he would be drafted this year was dramatically changed by the draft, and that's Trey Mason. When Todd Gurley got drafted, it dropped Trey Mason from being a low-end running back two or, or easily just outside of a starting running back to now we're... He's, what, 36th amongst running backs and 96th overall. I like his value there if I'm going to grab him there because Gurley is still a question mark with his coming off of the injury. You have the fact that Mason showed that he could do pretty well last year. You know, this is as a rookie with 179 carries. He averaged 4.3 yards per attempt. So that's solid numbers right there. He had four rushing touchdowns. Showed he could be a competent receiver. Didn't really do anything outstanding in the receiving game. Uh, 20, 16 receptions for 148 yards. But with Gurley there, if Gurley is the Gurley man and he can take over and just dominate for you know as a, as a running back, and it allows Trey Mason to be a freelancer, where Trey Mason's got some explosive skills himself. And if that guy can get in the open, he's gone. And I think that Gurley, if they do some multiple backfields with him, Using Mason and, and splitting him out and bringing him in different motions and stuff as the play starts, I think he might be able to find himself some good value, especially at that late in the point in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the draft right now. Well, I, I think one of the things that um, uh, it makes a big difference with the St. Louis situation in general 
is nobody was afraid of their quarterback last year. Sam Bradford went out before the season started, and they went through the season with backups after backups, and it was it was just awful. So they would stack the line. So you know, Mason would have his. Uh, he had a couple of really nice games, a couple hundred yard games as a rookie is, is pretty nice. A couple of long runs uh, for touchdowns. Uh, he definitely had a few nice games, but you got to also understand he had some really bad ones in there, and it's because they were bunched in the line. Now this year it might be a little bit different. Um, I don't know if people are totally in fear of Nick Foles, but I mean it's definitely better than what they had going on there. Uh, so I, we'll see what happens. I think you, you got to see what happens in the preseason. The whole situation with Gurley is obviously the biggest question mark uh, on what happens with Trey Mason, but he's definitely a great value now being picked as the 36th overall running back. That's, uh, that, that's pretty good uh, for you know value at this point, but it all, obviously it all depends on Gurley. If Gurley's there to start the year, uh, you know, who, I don't know if it's that much worth it, but it's still... He's a handcuff then, pretty much. Yeah. Here's one of the things I like doing with whenever I pick up Trey Mason in a draft, which isn't very often. So I like drafting Trey Mason if I draft Le'Veon Bell. Because then you potentially get in those six weeks of pup play to cover for, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell's three-game suspension, and you're getting high-end, you know, running back two numbers instead of D'Angelo Williams' poop numbers. I like that call. No, that's, I, that is a good call. I like the way you think. That was really heroic, Munson. Hey, I did it your favor. I mean, I, if I knocked him out, those animals would have torn him apart. So thanks, I get. You didn't have to have beers with him afterwards. Well, I didn't want them to think that we were in cahoots. Oh, I think he cleared that up when you rubbed Tabasco in his eyes. Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> We did it for you, buddy. All right, so let's let's talk about some other some other guys. That that is funny. The Mason last uh, year was a, a super value pick, where he was a guy that basically was going undrafted. His ADP was two hundred thirty-nine. So uh, it was probably because Houdini all preseason or offseason last year kept on bringing up the Underwear Olympics uh, and Mike Mayock saying the first, the next block he makes will be the first one he ever makes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I still think that's true. It's still true. It is true. He's not good at it. That's why they drafted Gurley. Well, me, myself, and I. That's why, that's why I still just believe that Gurley can help him be more successful because Trey Mason is never going to be a three-down back. Let him... Not have that that structure of, of having to be the guy blocking. Let him be the guy that's out in the pattern. He'll be better off. Yeah, and it'll and it'll still be good value when you get him later for something like that. You know, I mean, that's uh, those third down backs can bring you some value. You know, later on playing flex with the bye weeks and stuff like that, they definitely bring you some value. So it's not worth it's not uh, worth a high draft pick at this point, but definitely in those later rounds, I like it. Well, in some of the mocks that I've been doing, a guy that I like coming away with is my QB two is uh, is Joe Flacco, and I think the value for him is is has been uh, right there, pretty awesome. We, we talked about it at length last week with Tressman and all the different weapons. I'm not scared of the wide receivers too much. I like the running back situation. I like the offense geared for him, and he's a good player. So I, I like in that in that ten through uh, thirteen slot. Uh, Flacco's a guy that just always slides for good reason. He throws up some real stinkers of a game. We also know that he's much better home than away, right? I was botched this. 
to weigh than home. Uh, he, no, he's much better at home. Much Flacco, better at home. Much better at home. He's a guy where if you're streaming people, stream when you're at home. But Flacco's a great value pick this year that just he's going to be undervalued before he's gone. But while you said he throws up stinkers every year, because he used to, it was, he would have to have four games with less than five points. But then he would have four of the top seven scoring games yeah. of the year at quarterback as well. So he's that one of those guys, and I think now with Trustman there, I think it's a great pick. He, what's his? He's twentieth right now, sitting amongst quarterbacks. Is he really twentieth? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So you're never gonna, you're not gonna have to reach for him at all. He's going to slide to you, and with Trustman there, what all you can hope for, what you're gonna hope for, is that those zeros and those dud games that he had, those all move up, and the floor now means that he doesn't have any of those super dud games. He just has maybe a couple poor games. But the fact also is that why I'm not as high on four set this year. Trustman just does not run the ball. So sure. it's going to be Flacco's going to get a lot of the, the short passes that turn into a lot of uh, yardage. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Roethlisberger earlier, who I think is the same way. Where he doesn't have as many dud games, but he has those huge, some of the biggest fantasy out games of the season. Last year, he had probably two of the biggest of all time. Uh, two, was it two 600-yard passing games in a row or something like that? Six yeah, touchdown games. Two, two six, six touchdowns. Two six touchdowns, but he had a 600-yard passing game. Didn't a 500 he? No, 500. Yard. Okay. He's the only quarterback in history with two 500-yard passing games. Yeah, so he has those enormous monster monster outings. But my question for you is Roethlisberger, where I think you said you were thinking about grabbing in the fifth round, which works with the topic here, but at the quarterback position, is that value? Is that a value? I know you like him, and I like the upside. He's got that explosion. His weapons are awesome. He's he's better now as a fantasy quarterback than he's ever been in his career. But is that a value pick, do you think, if you're trying to go for him in the 5 6 oh? I'm not saying necessarily it's a value pick. I'm saying it's, it's market value pick. Uh, but at the same time, I look at he's like that guy on my tiers where the drop-off between him and the next guy is, is a big drop-off, in my opinion. And I also look at the fact that with what the team they have constituted around him right now, he's never had this many weapons to throw to. It's so much better for him. He's going to be throwing early without Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell comes back. Le'Veon Bell's still a good receiver. Yeah. So you, you add that to the mix. You know, he's, he's going to have... Probably, I think this is going to be one of those. This is the career year I'm, I'm calling for Roethlisberger. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's his career best? Is it 32 touchdowns? 32 last year. His 32. career best yards was last year. 4,900. 49.50. Yeah. So, so, but here's the thing. I in this offense, I think he's easily can be a 40 touchdown guy, and I think that they're the, the Steelers have finally recognized that they. While they are Steel Town or whatever, it's, it's a different era. And it's, it's, it's not just that. Their defense is also very different now, too. <laughs> yeah, they have good. to score they points. Have to score right. They didn't score. used to have to. Yeah. Right. You know, so they have to get points to win these games now. So that obviously plays a, a huge difference in it. But his accuracy has grown better, too. He's gotten a lot more accurate over his career. Early in his career, there's a couple a couple seasons where he was even under 60 you know, percent uh, completion percentage or right at 60 Last year was his best year ever, 67.1% completion percentage. That's pretty darn good. year before that, 64-2, 63-3. Those are, you know, and then 63-2, then 61-7. He's gotten better, yeah. you know, obviously with age. And obviously the, the weapons he has around him, it's not a value pick at, at the fifth, in right. the fifth round, but it's not going to hurt you either. Yeah. And I feel like he's the kind of guy that will play most of the games in the season. 
Um, well, the, the other point to that for me is it depends. Most leagues, you need to. I, I feel like I'm always a better team when I can count on my quarterback every week. Boo! Right? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, because you know what? It's just the validity of it is that why is it when the end of the year that the quarterbacks is why when we did the uh, the power of numbers uh, or was it the power of numbers piece yeah. that I did? I excluded quarterbacks from power numbers because. It would have been 28 of the top 60 players would have been quarterbacks. Because it's based on total points. There's a right. very big difference between week-to-week uh, value and total point value. Yeah. Someone like a Russell Wilson will give you total point value because he's, he's obviously shown he's up there. But when you talk week-to-week, it's a crapshoot with, with Russell Wilson. There are weeks where he just, if he's not running the ball and he's not scoring, or Seattle's playing, you know, run and thump. He gets you nothing. You well, know, no, no, but see, but that's why the Roethlisberger. That's why Roethlisberger is good, right? Because it's like in, in my leagues where an average quarterback is scoring twenty points on a week. On a bad week for Roethlisberger, it's giving you twelve or fourteen. But then he also can give you the fifty sevens and sixty threes. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll win you weeks, no question about it. Uh, Stag party. You got Roethlisberger sitting right now at sixth ADP at the quarterback position. Uh, that comes in at forty seven overall. Your boy Cam Newton. Uh, is one beneath him at seven, and he's going at sixty-one overall. Fifty-seven, not forty-seven, by the way. Yeah. Did I say fifty? Sorry. Um, what are your? Where do you think you're targeting? Uh, I know you're a little bit lower on on taking the quarterback, but you did. You know, we've talked before, and you do want a Cam Newton. That is a guy that you think you can kind of. Where do, Where would you be willing to go? What round would you be willing to take him in? The highest I would ever go on Cam Newton is probably around six. At this time, that's where he's going right now. He's going I mean, to beginning of the six. So I, I don't even know if I'd commit it. Even I wouldn't. Stan Hardy in our in our mock draft got him in the in tenth, the tenth round. round. Yeah, but I got Peyton Manning in the ninth in that one. That's because we all wait. I know. So mock, mock <laughs> quarterbacks, quarterbacks, and mocks are tough. <laughs> and then now and you I, and I wrote it, and you'll read about it. I was not happy with my team because I took a quarterback early. <laughs> Not yeah, happy at all. And mocks quarterbacks are a little bit skewed because it's, 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 it's well, especially in uh, analyst mocks because everybody waits. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just a common kind of consensus that you wait, wait, wait. Yeah. And then eventually the first guy will pounce, and then it'll be a little bit of a run. I'm actually looking at my team now. It's not that bad, <laughs> but but still, I don't know. I, I take an Aaron Rodgers in the late second. Not not all that happy about it when you can wait and you can get a. Uh, like you know, like you got your your Cam Newton in the tenth round. If you can wait and get that stuff there, Ben Roethlisberger in the ninth on that one, Eli in the eleventh, Tony Romo in the ninth, Brady in the ninth. Wait, Roethlisberger and Eli. You yeah. gotta wait. <laughs> Plain and simple. But anyway, back to your point. What were you, uh, Cam Newton? Yeah, I think I touched Cam in the sixth. Not till then, even though I rank him as my quarterback four as of now, because I think he's gonna run. I think he's gonna score touchdowns on the run. I think he's going to throw it a little bit, too. I think his weapons are much improved. And most importantly, I think he's healthy. Yeah. Health is so important. Yeah, and I think they beefed up the line a little bit, too, to protect them a little bit. So yeah, Funchess is going to start playing there. Funchess is going to be uh, the left Because he can't catch. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, you, you wait and see. I think you're confusing him with Sammy Coates. Uh, so you, if you want to throw an extra bet on uh, something about Funchess, I mean, I'm going to tell you what, that guy... Do it! It's do gonna it! Be, it's gonna be good. Two men enter! Um, one man leaves! Um, do we have a Funches Bess? 
I, I saw him play at Michigan, and Put two, he's not that three, good. Man, Forget, man. This is coming from a guy. And he's already who, making excuses one for why he already, was so already bad. Hates and that's not a good yeah, that's You went not to Michigan State, so I can't believe anything yeah, you say about a Michigan State. That's true. Do we have a Funches bet yet? No, I don't. Are you I don't sure? Know. Well, maybe we we'll will revisit the bets, and if there is not a Funches bet, we will work on one. We'll figure one out. Okay. All right. All right. Although it's nice to have a big weapon out there, especially when uh, you're talking about somebody who can get, especially for a cam, who can get to the second level just running the ball. Right. Yeah. Blocker. Well, yeah. <laughs> just having that blocker out there is really nice for him. Yeah. So. Well, guys, Jay, Cut- Jay Cutler, and we won't. This will be the last. We'll talk about a couple quarterbacks here, and just ADP in the value. Jay Cutler's, <coughs> excuse me, at the twenty fifth right now, what? and then you're. Um, What's up? Holy crap! Jay Cutler is going twenty five, and your guy twenty one is, is Carson Palmer. So there's so much value at the quarterback position; it's 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 kind of ridiculous. And we're going off ADP on fantasy pros right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jay Cutler is going is the twenty fifth ranked. QB with those weapons. It's and too he's high. A guy, it's too high. It's too high. Really? Because you don't think he's playing the full season. I don't, he's going to make it maybe through game eight, and I, I bet maybe more, more like the sixth game. But through those games, he will average eighteen fantasy points a game. I think <laughs> not with the amount of interceptions. No. Nope. That's the thing. He's Disagree. not going to be throwing and the ball. He's, he's a too. backup. I, I don't want Jay Cutler. Believe me, but there, there, there's, there's. Potentially value there if he plays all season. They are going to become a much more focused running team. Big time. He is going to be limited where he's probably going to have a high throwing. He might not throw more than forever, how many, ever many games he plays. Even if it's all 16, he'll have a hard time throwing more than three games over 250 yards this year, I got a feeling. Yeah. I think they're going to limit They're going to limit it because they just don't want him to make the mistakes, but he'll still make mistakes. It's, the Cutler, it's going to be the Cutler of old is what it's going to be. And the Cutler of old... Uh, back when you a few years ago on the Bears was finishing in fantasy 27th, 28th, mm-hmm. 29th. That's where it's going to be for him. It, it, he doesn't have the uh, QB whisperer anymore. He doesn't have Tressman. And that's it's just not going to work for him the same way it used to. I love the weapons he has around him. I love White and and Jeffrey is. I, I think you guys think he's better than he actually is, but he's he's a he's a good he's a very good player. They have the weapons there with Bennett and everything, and with Forte coming on the backfield. But we got to wait to get a really good Q, a real real well, QB thing, as a for this fan, team to be successful. As a Bears fan, that's what we want. We just want Cutler not to mess up our young receivers. Yes, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. This coaching staff won't let him. This coaching staff will yank him immediately. They have no commitment to the guy right. at all. You know, I mean, they they didn't pay for this guy. They they want this back like who, this is. Who we got? Who's our backup? Right Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen at this point. Clausen Pickles. I'm not a pickle eater. Clausen's uh, obviously not the answer either. I mean, who, who else do we have? See, Fails? Or David Fails? Yeah. Yeah. If your name is Fails, you should not probably want to be a starting quarterback because you're going to be a failure. <laughs> or a mathematician, I guess. Right? Well, we mentioned, we mentioned earlier about giving us the review and all the stuff on iTunes. Uh, so, Stag Party, you know, we like to do uh, read out some of the previous reviews that we've gotten, write ups. Uh, go for it. Give us a, a write-up from one of our fans over the course of the last week or so. All right. These guys are the best by Talos Smear. That gave him my best shot. I don't know if that's correct or not. Uh, I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts, so I can honestly say that I like the Pyro podcast the best. The in-depth research and information that you get from these guys is so much more than the stuff you can get from the other top podcasts. These guys are not afraid to stick their necks out and take take a stance on a player or a strategy when drafting or playing the waiver wire. <coughs> Devin Funches. Uh, between Dog <laughs> D-Rex, Dog Matt. I mean, it was in the review. 
Houdini at L. I've been reduced to NL now. Uh, <laughs> you can rest assured that you will get the latest information every week and their advice is top-notch. I almost hate to give a five-star rating because I might be the one who sends one of my league owners here to listen. Thank you, buddy. Thank Thanks, you. Yeah, Appreciate like it. it. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Spot right. on. Spot on. Um, well, I'm going to let you guys... Can, at, can at L go first, please? Yes, and I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about another couple guys we like at the quarterback position. Not very in-depth or anything, but they're all going in these kind of later rounds. Uh, you got the Eli Mannings, the Ryan Tannehills, the Colin Kaepernicks, the Staffords, uh, you know, and then Flacco. the Flacco and Teddy Bridgewater, and those guys are all uh, kind of targets of ours uh, going into this season. And then there's uh, going, moving to another position for once. At wide receiver. Wide receiver is where I like to take my lottery tickets in 5 through 12. You know, that's where I like trying to find these big play guys uh, who I think could take it to the next level. Uh, guys who are due for a step up in targets. Guys who are just going to uh, bounce back like a Keenan Allen possibly this season. Uh, you know, guys along those lines. Guys coming off of injuries a little bit. And also sometimes the, even the underrated guys, the uh, the guys like Steve Smith this year with uh, apparently another wide receiver who can't catch, like that sounds like good things to me. The Nelson Aguilar's of the world, where you can finally start getting values on the rookies instead of playing a premium like you are for Amari Cooper right now or for a Kevin White who's going wide receiver twenty nine. So this is kind of the area I like to throw throw my darts and you know grab Allen Robinson as a wide receiver three and have no qualms about it. I like Allen Robinson. Yeah, you won't have qual- any qualms about that. I mean, unless he gets injured, like he he tends to do, um, he'll get, he'll give you better than wide receiver three numbers until he does. I'll tell you that. Especially- the one thing that he won't give you, he's not going to give you that 170 yard game with two touchdowns. But he can give you a 70-yard game with two touchdowns, potentially. Yeah, he can put up 100. But, you know, the touchdowns are the things that that he's going to have to grow into because, again, he's got Blake Bortles who only threw 11 touchdowns last year. So that that whole part needs to grow up. You know, so let's let's figure there's a, a nice progression for Blake Bortles. Let's figure he throws 24 touchdowns this year. So, Allen Robinson, how many of you figure are going to go his way? Five. I think that's probably about right. Maybe maybe five to six. If he throws 24 touchdowns? Eight. Eight. Uh, eight right now. I agree. Who, who the fuck else is going to catch well, touchdowns? Well, you got Marquise Lee. Thomas. You got Marquise Lee. You got Julius Thomas. <laughs> yes. Burns <laughs> is a touchdown guy. And but I, agree. Right? I don't think he's more of a four, four or five kind he's of guy. He's a long touchdown Burns is a type. long ball, uh, drive the defense back type of guy. He I think Marquise Lee is a guy that few. could steal seven touchdowns. So wow. he's got to he's got to really step up his game. He's got to get on the field. They're talking him down right now. They're saying that Hearns is going to step. Starting the yeah, day, only at the three spot right now. I, he's more talented than Hearns, I'll tell you that. Again, I, I make all my statements game. based on, on my on, on everything until I see training camp. Yeah. Because again, it doesn't matter. Every, they can say everything they want because a lot of times what you hear in the paper, they draft their Marquis League. They do. They want him to succeed. So maybe they're thinking we need to give him some. Let's give him some negative press. Let's let's push this guy. And let's see if he responds to. You may it. need I, some yeah. motivation. Like sure. That. That's that's quite. Went to USC. Yeah, of course he needs motivation. <laughs> well, he needs people to figure out how to spell his fucking name too. At all, I'm one. Um, I'm one. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, 
It's a tough name to spell, but M-A-R-Q-I-S-E. There's no U in there. It's not Marquise Colston. There's right. no, you know, no U. I get it wrong. Yes, yeah. It's um, a tough one. The one thing about Robinson. Hey, coach, listen to this. English Bulldog, one testicle, $500. Ah, for that kind of money, you think you'd get two testicles. Don't you think? Now, how the hell should I know, Ishmael? Yeah, I'm tired of all your questions. I'm not here to teach you everything about everything in the world. I'm here to teach you about bowling, and that's it. <laughs> bowling. By the way, guys, Houdini is an avid bowler. Yes. When was the last time you bowled? Oh, probably, shit, it's probably been too long. Probably about two months. Yeah, that's two what months. a girl will do to you. The girl, <laughs> she <laughs> siphons all your yeah. hobbies. All the things that make you happy. So you know, you'll be looking on eBay. Like, like, I heard the last why is time my bowling ball on eBay? What the fuck, honey? Oh, my bowling ball is, is in a locker at the damn bowling alley. Oh, there you go. You get your hands go. on it. I'm already sure. hiding shit from her. Yeah, by, the way, it, buddy. by the way, my I'm bowling sure there's ball. a couple other things that shouldn't be in that locker. Uh -huh. Like Kingpin, I have a Roy Munson bowling ball. I got the gold spackled bowling ball. I believe it. Yes. I believe it. Who do you think sometimes will come over and have, we'll do some work and like, it's like in the morning. It's like 10, 11 o'clock. Like, what's going on? And, uh, just rolled a couple frames. Like, what? It's the first thing in the morning on a Saturday, and we're getting work. And you've already <laughs> dollar a game. You'll go roll too. You've already bowled this morning. Damn right. For one hour, I can get. I can get. At most I've gotten was seven games in an hour. Wow. That's so, it. what's your best score ever? Two seventy nine. Oh. Yeah. That was a nine open frame and then 11 strikes in a row and then four strikes in a row to start the next game, but no natural 300. I'm not bad at bowling either. I don't play nearly enough. I, I, I'm probably, I need to practice a little bit. But if any of you fantasy football experts, we've said this before, want to have, yeah, we've got four guys. If any of you guys have any sporting events, we could do a whole, we could do a whole Olympics. Um, any <laughs> other site pool, out there? Pool, any darts, site out there? Uh, well, bowling. You're, I, now, now you're talking you're my not, games. Well, you're you're good. Drago, me and Doug are better at more of the drag uh, racing, whatever. Samurai Basket swords? Fucking street fighting. Let's you see the guy get his nose chopped off by a samurai sword? I did see that. I did see that. Or the other guy that was throwing axes on the morning channel and the guy wings it and hits a band member. Oh. Like, Jesus Christ, people. But yeah, that's honest. If any of the people in the industry, you fantasy football experts that have your blogs out there and think you're awesome with this, Great. We'll whoop your ass in fantasy, but then let's take it to real sport of any nature, and we'll really start whooping your ass. Done deal. Especially bowling, Houdini, you go first. <laughs> Swimming, who wants it? <laughs> Play nose ghost yeah, for that one. one. You're up, dog. <laughs> we, we can win it. Bring it up. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. We'll, we'll, have a, uh, we'll have a cigarette drag for you on each lap. They <laughs> <laughs> can swim faster. I guess. That's right. <laughs> it's like that scene right out of old school. And speaking of old school, we're in the old school division of the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, ah, tell three, us about that. 360 team fantasy football league, the largest uh, you know in the world. Uh, starts next Monday. It is a one QB, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, one kicker, one defense. And then four flexes. One of the flexes can be a QB. So that means it's a two QB league with three flexes. Period. Uh, 0.25 points per carry for running backs. Point per, per, uh, point per reception for wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Other than that, all the other uh, uh, rules are pretty standard. And it's a 22-round uh, draft. 
you know, we're in it with some experts and some fans. So we'll be talking about it here on Twitter and Facebook coming up. And we've got the sixth pick. So uh, there'll be some text message strings going on starting next week about Scott Fishbowl. Well, let's, let's definitely set up your tiers. Um, you know, you're going to kind of own it, but let's let's let, if we're coming as a collective pyro, let's definitely let all of our thoughts be in there. You and your streaming QBs is going to have to go out the window, especially <laughs> I mean, in a QB two QB in a two QB. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's so uh, let's do it. We're coming to get you. Yeah. Oh, there Very it is. Nice. Time to get my stomach and my liver. What's so fun? <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to tell him, but with those narrow hips, that girl couldn't have more than six or seven children. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to say this just because I've been giving myself a hard time about how I don't get laid much anymore. Truth, after our last podcast on Sunday... I got laid. I was banging out after I edited it and posted Daisy. it. Daisy! No, that is disgusting. That's mean and hurtful. I, I don't know what you do after the podcast, That's buddy. mean and hurtful. I've never gotten laid after a podcast except for our last one. Episode 182 was big for me. I think this one wanted to actually come and gargle his balls during the art podcast. Yeah, she's like, I'll sit on your lap during the podcast. I'm like, there's three other guys in the room. She's like, she's like I'll go in the bathroom. You'll have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, what do you mean, blow me when I go to the bathroom? <laughs> and she was basically like, yeah. So after a while, after I edited and finally she's like, still up? I'm like, come over. <laughs> All right, it's time to take it home. So thank God. I'm so much happier when I get laid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you listen to this podcast, here's my number. <laughs> <laughs> my number is a bell There it is. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? It really jarred something loose, Tiger. Take off on Sunday for like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, we learned something this. Uh, it's about watch, good sex that makes you gotta have to like take a, a crap. Oh my god. Oh my god. Good how, about, stuff. how about a couple wide receivers here that we like in the Let's sort of late range? Uh, there, there's a lot of them to like in the 30 to 40 type range this season, uh, especially current ADP. I mean, one of my favorite guys. Uh, right after Allen Robinson is Nelson Aguilar, rookie for the Eagles, stepping in on the outside and not in the slot for the Eagles. They're going to allow him to run deep, which he does fairly well. They're going to allow him to run slants, which he does fairly well. They're going to allow him to run bubble screens with the bigger Jordan Matthews blocking for him. And they're just going to allow the man to run routes. Which is their favorite. That's literally their favorite route ever. That yeah, bubble sure. screen. Quick screen, quick screen. Chip, no. Chip. A lot of teams are loving that play over the last few years, but Chip really likes get the ball. It's a run. They want his wide receivers basically to be running the ball. Running from Gary Croton. And then there's remember that guy. What number I was Aguilar at? Uh, Aguilar is number thirty-eight at uh, wide receivers, one hundred and two overall. We just had his pyro character done today for him. Looks nice in that number seventeen white uniform. Shout out to Justin. Yeah, that guy's doing some. That guy's doing some work on character. <laughs> I can't wait to show you the new version of the draft kit when it comes out. Things gonna be sick. All characters in. So behind Aguilar to another guy, forty-one at wide receiver, one hundred five overall. Charles Johnson. You know, this guy's sneaky. 
it's still, you know, he'll, he'll probably even fall. He's going to fall more. Depending on where you're located in the country. If you're not in the Midwest or upper Midwest, you're probably not even having him on your radar. I agree. So I think that he's a guy that is a super value where he's going to fall. Good call. You, 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 go, pro, you probably think he's an actor. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Charles Johnson. Yeah, I've seen that movie. <laughs> Better off dead, right? Yeah. Here's the thing about Charles Miami Vice? What the fuck? No, 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 what was the Charles Bronson? What the hell was uh, his movie? You're Death Wish. I'm gonna Death Wish. Don Johnson. Yeah, Charles Johnson. Charles Bronson. Hey, I, love you know, the, I love the dichotomy of who you're Don thinking. Bronson. I'm thinking Don Johnson. Don He's Bronson. Bronson. <laughs> Don Bronson. So talking about Charles Johnson. character for Don Bronson. <laughs> the big gun and the uh, so talking about Charles Johnson, he's been working on his craft all off season. He's been working out with you know Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. He's been working out with the footwork guru. guru yeah. He's been working out with anybody he can. He's taken in the entire system. Uh, he knows the Norv Turner offense now that he's been in in it for a couple of years here. And Norv likes him. He's says a Norv guy. Didn't yep. Norv draft him with Doug said or something? No. Uh, he Charles just Johnson? stole him along with no, him yeah, from he, Cleveland. No, he, he, was with him. Him. he was with him at the Browns. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, but Green Bay drafted him. That's right. So he's just one of those guys with you know, 6'2", 215, four, you know, two speed that you've got to watch out for on the outside. Uh, and he's just an exciting player. Who's not getting love because Mike Wallace is the fastest and because, man in the NFL. And because he's also a guy that's had to earn his way. I like, you always like the heart guys, D-Rex. So here's a guy that's had to earn his way and has, has never taken anything for granted because nothing's been given to the guy. He's been yeah. cut by multiple teams. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. He's got you want to know who he one. is? You want to know who he's the modern day equivalent of? Another guy who ended up having a very... McCarthy? Yes. Keenan McCardle, extremely expensive yeah. career. A guy who spent uh, two years on practice squads yep. uh, oh, with, yeah. with the Bears and uh, with the Browns, I think was it for him, before he ends up uh, going into Jacksonville yeah. and, and yep. turning everything around. So, I think what team he's a wide receiver coach on right now, but he's still he's a coach in the league. Um, yeah, uh, but by the way, the footwork, footwork guru, uh, Rashad Whitfield, also, also, also works with Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, the fact that he's working with those guys. The only footwork guru I know is Rex uh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what I mean, what's going on? I don't know if you've seen me that cut foot the, to work. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen me cut the rug at weddings, but I got some footwork too. Oh, I can believe it. <laughs> yeah, you want to know why? It's because you're sweating so much that underneath you it turns into an instant cardboard. You're like doing like backspins. You're like a teenage min, oh, min, I'm, ninja I'm, turtle. I love there, to do the backspin. I've done the backspin at uh, about 17 different weddings. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm more of a centipede guy. <laughs> The worm? The worm. I do the I worm. Yeah, I hurt my dick when I do the worm. Uh, I yeah. do the worm wrong. I don't have that problem. Yeah. I, stra- I strap it down. Small with dick. Some, huh? I strap it down with some uh, rubber bands. Oh. <laughs> All right, let me, let, let's, let's tie this back. Let's tie this back to fireworks. I promised so, I wouldn't talk about my wiener. I just want to bring this up. I've done a great job. Yeah. I just want to bring this up because we talked about Devonta Adams already. How much of a value this guy is? Where he's sitting right now at 126 overall. 46th at, at wide receivers. With the wide receivers, the, give it the five wide receivers ahead of him. And I want him over Oh my God. All this, these this guys. is funny. Well, no, that's, well, there's a couple of them that are Steve okay. Steve Smith, old, not as much upside. Marquise Colston, old, not as much upside. Percy Harvin, we're passing. Uh, Brashad Perryman, young, unproven, dropping passes. And, and then there's our Charles Johnson right there. Well, the thing we also know about Charles Johnson, you mentioned Mike Wallace. 
There hasn't been one moment where any person on the team, nor himself, has said anything other than Charles Johnson's our wide, our number one wide receiver. Yeah, he's, he's their number one wide receiver. Is the whatever on that else team that includes only. Pat Corderell Patterson, that includes uh, Wright, that includes uh, new Mike Wallace, that includes anything. And now you got AP back, so now they have to focus on that friggin' beast of a man. He's a one. And, and you got uh, Bridgewater making the progress and the progressions to his second year. I think we all think he's going to be awesome this year compared to last year. So Johnson, where is a, just a, a flat-out, in these rounds we're talking about, middle rounds, flat-out value pick. With, with Wallace and Charles Johnson there and Norv Turner throwing that over-the-top game uh, where you have to play a little bit deep, over-under on how many... 90 or 80 yard runs AP has this year. <laughs> I would say it's eight. Holy shit! Eight. It'll oh, be a number. It'll be that year we carried 2,000. Yeah. He had, I think it was seven. Uh, that, seven that were you're over putting your, 60 you're, yards. You're pitting so. yourself into a corner. That's an easy. But match. I like it. I like. Now, you want to say how about this? Let's look because how they really judge the long runs by is they say is over 40, right? Yeah. So let, let's just say over 50 because I think you know on, on a good year for the best running backs you might get four. You know, uh, but on I, the best year, yeah, I agree. He's but. obviously embellishing a little bit. I but I am embellishing. I bet you, I bet you, AP can have five over fifty yard runs. Absolutely, yeah. he had he had over five. He had, like I said, I think he had seven over over fifty in the two thousand yard season. There you go. Don't you think he's the kind of transit and. Uh, transcending, transcendental player, whatever this. I'm screwing up some words today. Sorry. That the first, the, tra- the transcendent, the first carry of this season after what happened could be like the first carry on a 2,000 yard season. 99 yards. Ninety nine. Yeah. It was like a 90-yard touchdown first carry season. Oh, all right, fantasy owners. I think it's going to be a good one. Couldn't you see like the first drive, like or maybe the first carry? Him just get the ball, just go tech mobile on, and just say. I've really been waiting for this moment. Just go yard. And I it, would it, love to see someone actually go tech mobile where they go to the five yard line, they run back to yeah. the thirteen, then down over to the twelve, uh, and back the over to the back. Yeah. Right. You just run yeah. around the field for the whole game and then score and then that's it. That was so seven seven. I actually kind of felt bad for the first time in my life. And I like Mike Vick. Uh, I forgive him as I think a lot of people do, but Mike Vick on Twitter this week posted some a fan of his back from like when he was on the cover of for Madden back in 06 or something a fan running a 90 yard touchdown he's like yeah this is what it used to be like like he was posted a picture from the video game oh. that a fan sent him of running along and it's kind of I watched it I'm like this is sad <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for Mike Vick I'm like wow he's probably not going to play ever again He's posting pictures of himself getting 95-yard touchdown on Madden sent in from fans. <laughs> All right, you had a good run, buddy. Two $100 million contracts. He went, you went a patch for that. You can put it on your, your, your collectible jacket. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the, possibly the worst value I've seen at the wide receiver spot. Eric Decker, uh, ahead, oh, ahead of Nelson Aguilar, uh, ahead of Charles Johnson, uh, ahead of Devontae Adams as we were talking there. Dude, what? He's not, not, so he's not the, three years old planning throwing. There's throw. a lot of value if you look at this smartly, right? So, like, as I'm looking even when we were talking from that Devontae Adams situation point there, there's a, even the guys that are after that, Devontae Parker, Pierre Garçon, Terrence Williams, Anquan Bolden, John Brown, I like those guys better Absolutely. than those guys that were, that, they were, that they were behind. Pierre Garçon I like better. Here, That's what I'm saying, all of them. Here, like, I like John Brown's a guy that I really like. You guys have been louding the, the Carson Palmer, and I kind of went and took the other side on what it is. 
But I know Bruce Arians' offense, and, and Palmer at least can, can throw that ball. John Brown is going to show people his development and his speed, and he's going to become T.Y. Hilton Jr. this year. Well, two guys before you go, two guys that are, while we're talking about these dudes, Steve Johnson, Stevie, down in San Diego now, he's at the 62 at wide receiver, 200 overall. That guy's going to be pretty good this year. Okay. I, almost, I almost like him as that second player. Uh, if Allen's going in the fifth, sixth round uh, with his ADP right now, Stevie is going to be solid. And then right beneath him, Eddie Royal. I know we think that you guys think Cutler's going to be drawn back a bit, but the last time Eddie Royal was a relevant player, and he actually had some good seasons um, going with San Diego over the last couple of years, or good games. Um, Good he's season. got it. Good season. Just for 15 yeah. touchdowns in the last two years. Yeah, there you go. Good season. I could see the rapport that he's had. I think he had a 90 uh, catch games rookie season with Cutler. So yeah. Royal being at that 200 overall ADP pick. If I'm sitting there in the teen rounds, a guy like a Royal and a Stevie Johnson could easily be getting going and being scoring you a lot of points, getting you that value. Let's play a little game. Here's how I just want to show how deep I think wide receiver is this season. So. I'm going to say a wide receiver who's going past wide receiver 25, and you say yes or no to whether you think they could finish as a number two, whether they have the potential to finish as a wide receiver two. So wide receiver 12 or 13 to 24. You guys want to play? Yeah. You don't really have a choice. Throw them out there. (laughs) Throw them out there. So Martavis. I'm boycotting this game. Martavis Bryant. Has a chance to finish as a one. Yes. Uh, Vincent Jackson. No. Uh. As a one or a two, this is? As a two. As a two. Two or... As a two. Outside, but no, no. Outside no. chance. Outside chance, yes. So, so we'll, go, we'll go good chance, outside chance, no chance. Three okay. options. Uh, Jeremy Macklin. No chance. No chance. He's got a chance. He's got a chance. <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't. I, I, <laughs> 850 yards, four times. Kevin down. White. Yeah. Yes, chance. Chance, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it's a good chance. Of, uh, outside I, chance. I, outside, I, outside chance. Jarvis Landry. And we're talking standard scoring here. No, is it, is it, no chance. Outside chance. Like, he's got an outside chance. Outside chance. Roddy White. Yeah. yeah outside chance. Mike Wallace. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's got, got an outside, outside chance. chance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and North Turner offense. Allen Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can we go back quickly on him? Sorry to interrupt this game. The one thing I, I fear with Robinson, he's always banged up. Uh, I hope that guy can stay healthy. But one of the reasons why, no matter, even if you can get value with him, so the last thing I'll say about it, he scares me on the injury side of things. Yeah. yeah and you know what? He's rising too, fu- too fast in the ADP right now. Yeah. He was down. He's a big riser, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been a big riser. People are much less scared with that Yeldon pickup in the second-year Bortles. Of the, and we all, I, we all think that the Jacksonville could be a, a team that elevates its fantasy prowess. But the, people aren't as scared as, aren't, aren't going to stay away from Jacksonville as much as they had in the past. Yeah. Michael Floyd. Yeah, yeah, outside chance, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, absolutely outside chance. Uh, next guy's Eric Decker. You think no chance? I think no chance. No chance. LaFell. Outside chance. Yeah. Outside chance. For sure. Tory Smith. No, no chance. Probably in not in San Francisco. Francisco. Maybe wide receiver three, though. Yeah. Aguilar. Yeah, for Out- sure. Charles <laughs> Johnson, who we talked up a minute ago. Percy Harvin, no chance. Uh, Brashard Perriman. Yeah, I think he's got yeah, outside no, chance. Got I don't think so. Outside chance. No chance. Colson at 44. No chance. No chance. Outside, Ooh, I think it's an outside chance too. Uh, the next guy, Steve Smith. 
Yeah. Finished there sure. last year. Absolutely. I think he could do it again with, yeah. with less less around him possibly this year. Devontae Adams, who you guys love, yeah. who I don't think has a chance, but you guys would say outside chance at, at least, right? For sure. I think uh, I like him a as lot. A, as a wide receiver too? Yeah. I think it's an outside it's, chance. It's an outside chance. But it, Devontae Parker. No chance. If he was already playing, yeah. it's a different but deal. It's different but deal but they're gonna take. They're gonna take. And here's where I think about the there. end of the chances are Terrence Williams. I, yeah, Terrence yeah. Williams. I doubt it, I but it's, an, it's a way outside chance. Pierre Garcon and Quan Bolden. Definitely both them. This is all proof of the pudding of when, when we were Randall. talking about the growth of the wide receiver position and how much. You know where he is. How many more points are is being scored from wide receivers? Way lower. Ten or or fifteen. Through 50 than there are from running backs uh, 15 through 50. It's like the the it's a stark difference. There's, it used to be where running backs were always ahead because you had so many workhorse running backs, but now everyone's going into four wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets to to be normal. That you have the 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 blend starts happening from wide receivers and running backs at about inside the top 10 almost. Where it just starts going and wide receivers start becoming more valuable. Wide receiver is my position. I'm finding, I like going early on them. I'm finding that and when I do these mocks and when I'm doing, I'm, I regret my love for the wide receiver position because of what we're talking about. You're sitting there in that, in that six, seven, eight, nine round, they're like, damn, I wish I would have grabbed a running back or grabbed a high, gone a high on a tight end or even gotten my quarterback or quarterback two instead of grabbing that third, my third wide receiver in the fifth round when. All that guy's not even that. Yeah, Martavis Bryant yeah, is there in the sixth. later, there's not a guy that's that much worse. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it's one of those things that I'm really trying to do with the mocks is uh, segue over as much as possible being like, you know what? Those wide receivers, grab three of them in a row in that 9 through 11 spot, and one of those guys is going to be just as good as that fifth or sixth rounder. Absolutely. So that was like 18 of 25 guys that we think have an outside chance between wide receiver 25 and ADP and wide receiver 50. Yeah. That, that's just how crazy deep the position is. Uh, that was a fun game. It was. <laughs> I, I, I like looking at stuff like that, for sure. Because it, te- it, it teaches <laughs> so you that you game. have to. You can wait. I guess I don't know much about life outside of Brimfield. I was never in a car before. I never stayed in a fancy hotel before. Never saw a man pick his nose with a hook before. When I stop and think about it all, it can get pretty scary. Never been in a car before. That's not, that's actually not even, yeah, that's right. That's not even funny. Can you imagine there's so many people worldwide that probably haven't ever even been in a car? It's true. That's kind of crazy. It's true. Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. There's a lot of people that have have never even been in a car. Probably more people than live in America alone. Crazy. The amount of people live in America, there's more, ten times, probably almost ten times more people out there that have never driven in a car. Been. So, at some point, if Pyro becomes a household name and we can turn this into some sort of global enterprise, we're giving back to the community. We're Everybody's going to see great the inside of a car. Absolutely. Just going to take people on drives in our McLarens? Is that the plan here? But everyone gets an M80. Yes, this is true. Yeah. M80 and free draft kits for under And hooks for everyone's hands that had the M80s. <laughs> oh, Take your notes. When you, said, when you said hooks, I was like, hooks for everyone? It sounds like this. sounds like this. This is kind of It's after the podcast. There we go. Hooks for everyone.
Um, I got a hook for you. I got a hook for you. I got a hook for you. I'm going to be honest. A weird story happened today. Uh, one, I'm going to a wedding in Colombia uh, in October. My buddy's married a Colombian. I definitely am going to do some cocaine, I think, on that trip. Sorry. Just going to put it out there. But she... Try. She's like, we're gonna. I'm gonna travel around and do something a couple days before or after the wedding, just because t- you're going so far. I don't just want to go for three days if I'm going to friggin' Central America. So my buddy's fiance was trying to. Yeah, there's another one of my friends. He's he's single and he's cool and he kind of wants to travel around as well. She's like trying to get me find me travel buddies that are guys. <laughs> <laughs> I sent her a text. I'm like, um. What the hell are you talking about? I'm not going to go travel with some guy I don't know alone in Colombia. He's like, he's cool. He's totally... Like, Jesus Christ. Surprise, you didn't ever get laid. She's maybe just looking for you. She took it the wrong way. I bet, you know, so... I I think for you, you going out there with the other guy, I think that you're just getting... Yeah, you're right, Mr. Munson. They'll probably forgive me. They expect me to come home with my tail between my legs, but I won't do it. I'd sooner get Munson out here in the middle of nowhere than lose face in front of my friends and family whoa, whoa, whoa. again. What'd you just say? I said I don't want to lose face in front of my friends and family. No, before that. I, I said I'd sooner get Munson out here in the middle of nowhere. Munson? What the hell is that? You know, Munson, uh... To be up a creek without a paddle, to, to have the whole world in the palm of your hand and then blow it. You know, it's a figure of speech. What? 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 <laughs> I'm not going to get Munson on a new travel friend that I don't know. Travel boy. Let's oh, talk. travel boy. I actually just squelch it. I'm like, is he gonna, will, will I be able to bang him? Just to make sure she never does it ever again. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, is he, is he, he said he's single. Is he gay? Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to have a good time on this trip. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Does he wear a tutu? So we we pretty much covered all the positions except for tight end. So let's talk about some tight ends that we'll get in uh, the 5th through 12th kind of range. Guys we like, guys guys we don't really like. I know most of us are waiting on tight end. Uh, We're not drafting Gronkowski in the first round. Uh... Other than that, I'm probably drafting Kelsey in the fifth. You're going Olsen in the fifth. Do you have an Olsen Kelsey? I think I'm preference? going Ertz. We'll see what happens Ertz with in the, the Ertz momentum. Yeah. I think he's not going to be a seventh round guy by when it comes down to draft times. But I'm, I'm I am liking. He's showing as an eighth round guy right now, which is yeah. Mid, I mean, I like Ertz. He's got change. a little more value. Yeah. It'll change. But yeah, Olsen, I'm still very very happy with him, and I'm definitely not scared in the fifth, sixth, seventh area to grab myself my, a tight end because, like Houdini said, where he's the drop off and the drop off for me. After that, Kelsey, Ertz, um, and um, and Olsen, it is substantially, substantially fall. Yeah, Gronkowski and two. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. yeah that, 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 I'm not going to get I, it. I know. I'm, I'm not, not going to get it. You're right, because after Olsen, so then the next guy, like, so Olsen's a guy who right now is at 50 overall ADP. Martellus Bennett, Julius Thomas, Antonio Gates, Zach Ertz, Jordan Cameron. All between 77 at Julius Thomas and Jordan Cameron at 90. I like, then, I like Cameron. Just, well, I like Cameron. Right. And, and that's, that's a guy who you know, you're grabbing as a ninth tight end off the board at that point in time. But then you go to two older guys, and Jason Witten and Owen Daniels. I'll let those guys go to other people. You know, I, I'm okay because there's still great value there. There's, there's Stag's guy that he loves, Josh Hill. 
who's sitting there with a one, 129th overall, so end of the 12th round uh, in a 10-team league or in a 10th round or whatever in a 12-team in a league. So I got a question for you guys. I talked about it a little bit on Pyro, uh, Pyro Podcast Light. Uh, Josh Hill, you know, being used as a sub package player, and them spilling, you know, some fire or throwing some water on the fire of Josh Hill. How, what, how do you guys kind of feel about that? What, what are your thoughts on it? Talk me in or out of it. Um, here's the thing: uh, you can wait. Plain and simple. Last year, it, it, it ended up kind of fucking me, but. I think I still went. I, I went with the right strategy last year in rounds 14 and 15 of my 24 round draft. I ended up grabbing Pitta and Jordan Reed. When and going into that season, people were thinking Jordan Reed was going to start breaking out maybe a little bit. It was people were really thinking that, and Pitta was coming off of a good season too. You know, this people, was last year or two. Yeah, last year. And Pitta was catching everything. Pitta had a great preseason. Yeah, and absolutely. Last year. So to get those two guys in like the 14th, 15th round, 13th, 14th, 15th round, I think that's a, a, a fine strategy. If you're talking about looking at AT ADP right now, you're going to get uh, someone like a Josh Hill later. You could get him in 13th, 14th, 15th round. Um, I think everybody will be, you know, most of the teams in your league will grab their studs and not pay attention to the tight end again. Uh, it's doubtful that they'll grab a backup tight end before late. So you'll be able to, in those later rounds, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that zone, you could grab a couple of studs that have fallen through. Dwayne Allen, who is going d- deep right now. Uh, Josh Hill, Delaney Walker, uh, Kobe Fleener. All those guys are going late. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, if you had your bets, take a couple of them later on, you're fine. Josh Hill's one of those guys that's going to go a little bit later. I'm not going to talk you into grabbing him early. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you shouldn't grab him early, but the other thing is, like, here's another guy that's that's 20 spots below him. In well, I'm doing something ADP. else to go on Josh Hill. I'm, no, I'm talking about okay. in comparison to Josh Hill. 20 spots below Josh Hill in ADP, one spot behind him, and a guy who, if you want to go, this guy have potential to finish in the top seven of, of uh, tight ends? Absolutely. Top five? Maybe even that. Yeah. Delaney Walker. Yeah. Okay, again, we talk about rookie running backs, uh, rookie quarterbacks, I'm sorry, and the propensity for them to throw to the easier target. Delaney Walker has been the overachieving, underappreciated guy for the last three years. 100%. And, and now he's got a rookie quarterback that dumps down. And, and here's the thing. Probably his best quarterback he's ever had. But here's yeah. the crazy thing he when you compare him to Josh Hill to me. Josh Hill was a guy who did everything with was like volume of touchdowns last year. What was it, 14 receptions he had? 16 receptions that he had last year? Well, why year? is that going to change? They got rid of Graham. I understand. He is the biggest target. But but at the same time, when he was coming into games, he was coming in, Graham was, was on the field for the entire time until they got into the red zone. And all of a sudden, Graham just disappeared, and they're just like, we're going to prove something to Jimmy Graham or whatever it is, and we go red zone, and they're bringing Josh Hill, and he would score a couple touchdowns. But he was a guy that was never a guy that you could count on to Jimmy Graham when Drew Brees is bailing out. Needs somewhere to go. I throw it toward Jimmy and I can get a first down. I like just that's not Josh Hill's game, and so that's the thing that, that I think it's it's kind of ill fortune uh, if you're going to be a person who's that's why you shouldn't reach out of is where I'm going with this. It would be it's it's fool's gold to think that all of a sudden he's going to become a 60 reception guy with 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's just not what it is. It's a, he's not Jimmy Graham. He's he's a nice complimentary player. He's a nice he, he can do a lot of things, but he's just not a dynamic guy. 
He's not, he's not he's definitely not Jimmy Graham. Uh, that's it's Jimmy Graham's a very rare rare bird. But the, fitting within that offense, even if they are switching to a more of a, a run based uh, game, I think Hill's going to be used a little bit more because of the inexperience or lack of depth at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about an, an older Colston at this point, a young Brandon Cooks, and the rest is kind of a crapshoot. I mean, you're talking about... Um, Toon. Yeah, my guy Nick Toon, you know, who I've been trying to talk up for a, a couple few years now. I mean, he hasn't quite done it yet, so I mean, that's something I can't say is a proven factor. Josh Hill is going to be someone that they're going to have to look to. He's a big body who well, can I, catch I, the ball. Well, here's my question, though, because I, I understand what you're saying with that, but... What I what I envision him being it's like top end as far as him as a receiving tight end. Think and how he was used in Detroit. Brandon Pettigrew, nine point eight yards of reception. Josh Hill is just not this guy that you know. You've seen him have a couple streaming catches or this that or the other thing. But if you're talking about how they're really going to use him steadily in an offense, he's going to be more of one of those guys who's going to have the last release type. Dump off type option. I would I would say yes, except for the fact that he will pretty much purely be used as a receiver because uh, Watson will stay, still take on the the uh, the blocking role, and that's something Pettigrew was actually very uh, pretty darn good at. So they kept Pettigrew in at the line a little bit more. Hill will go out more than Pettigrew did, but Pettigrew did catch a lot of passes. So does that worry Just you? Didn't, couldn't couldn't move after it. Hill how about that though? Bit. But how about, doesn't that worry you now? Because Ben Watson's also a guy that. He's made a, a successful career out of, you know, making timely catches here and there and being sure. a, a Josh Hill type guy with a bunch of touchdowns and not a ton of yards. But if he's out there blocking <laughs> all the time, he's got more opportunities. Here's what the the word on the street is now: Ben Watson is the blocking tight end. Ben Watson's going to play like ninety percent of the snaps, mm-hmm. and they're going to use Josh Hill as the sub package player. But the question is, if he's a sub package player. Does that like hurt his value or does it help his value? Because when you think about it, as a sub package player, that means they're going to make an effort to get him the ball in the receiving game. Yeah, and I think that's a plus. So that they everybody's kind of thinking that as a little bit of shade against uh, Josh Hill. It's the same thing with running backs. Right. We talked about with Todd Gurley and how I feel about Trey Mason, or how Andre Ellington is going to benefit by having uh, Johnson, Johnson there because. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to be that every down guy, and he can be more explosive in the role that he's meant to be in. And that that's a good thing for fantasy. Here's, the only, thing, here's mean, the only problem with it for fantasy is that, let's say he's right, there could be, you could go through a first half where all of a sudden he's made some nice plays and gets you like four catches for 44 yards in the first half and a score, and then he does nothing in the second half because his, his sub packages only bring him in for about three plays in the second half. Dictated on the way that the game went. Play it simple. It caps your ceiling. You know, right. If you're not there, if you're not in every play, if you're not an every down player like a, like a Graham or a Gronk or whatever, like something like that, it caps your ceiling. So I mean, going early on an Ertz or on a, on a uh, Josh Hill over somebody like a Kelsey or an Olsen or something like that. Now you're not going to do it over those guys, but those guys are every down players that you're always going to have that will play the full game. And you know, will get their targets. Game to game, you can't guarantee it with a Hill. And that's why I wouldn't, I'm not going to talk you into going earlier than grabbing him late. I want to talk about Jonah Hill more on this podcast over the next uh, four, four podcasts. I knew we were going to go back to Josh, Josh Hill. Skinny or fat Jonah Hill? I mean, I don't care. Just as long as we don't talk Which about Which one Josh would you Hill. take on a trip to Central America? <laughs> <laughs> fat. 
cushy pillow after you. And remember, remember fun. There you go. Remember how much blow Josh uh, Jonah Hill did in uh, in the, uh, the what's the one with the Leonardo, the Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yeah, I'll go on a trip if this guy's that much of an animal. <laughs> Good lord. I like being with, I like being with the heavy guys while I'm traveling though, because then uh, any ladies you meet are out and about, they like you better. <laughs> and I'm a little heavy. This is um, probably not talk- the podcast to play for that girl's coming over later. By the way, <laughs> I wish you. I tried to get run. her. I told her. I told her that I, I want late after podcast to be the new thing. She it's, wasn't into. No. <laughs> I'm gonna go check the bathroom. She said she case. was still recovering. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> um, let's talk about quickly at, at tight end Kyle Rudolph. Man, that guy's at 19 right now, 171. I mean, there's value there finally for the first time in his career over over the years. Pick him up with a late round flyer, and all of a sudden he's getting a ton of action. Could be a great pick. Oh, it, it could be, especially now that he is on an offense that looks like it's going in the right direction. Now that you're going to bring back Adrian Peterson, you're going to have that running attack in there. The problem with with Kyle Rudolph is that he's also been a guy throughout his career. He has been a very touchdown dependent fantasy scorer. He's not been a guy. That just gets volumes of catches, uh, gets lots of yards. Uh, has he even gone over 500 yards in his career? Career I in think this he's, he's either been at 494 or 594. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which one. The thing is, he might be able to score a lot of touchdowns this season. I mean, let's talk about the makeup of that receiving core. So you got Charles Johnson, who's six two, uh, hasn't proven it in the red zone yet. You got Mike Wallace, who had a crazy red zone year. 493, by the way. Uh, that's that's the best ever. Best ever. And then have that nine was, touchdowns. Nine touchdowns in that year as well. So he can still catch. A, he could be a double-digit type touchdown. But he only guy. has eight touchdowns in the three other seasons besides that one year. He has a chance to get to double oh, touchdown, double-digit touchdowns this year. Mike Wallace converted a lot of red zone you know, uh, opportunities last year. That's not his game. But that's not really his game. Um, you know, Jarius Wright's practically a midget running around there in the slot. Uh, Cordero's hasn't proven it in the red zone. Which is also, this is also so, a good reason, people, why Adrian Peterson should still be the number one running back because they don't have score you 12. a lot of options there uh, to throw the ball to. And then, yeah, you got Rudolph to pilfer touchdowns as a receiver. So I, if I'm looking for kind of that type uh, who I want to just maybe get a touchdown out in a week. Uh, Rudolph's going to be one of the guys I'm looking for. Uh, Another guy I'm looking for would be Valverde. Excuse me, what's the story behind this pending paternity suit against you? Oh, that's not a case at all. The woman's a stone-faced lad. Let's not even talk about that. I I pulled out of her really early on that. Sorry. Thanks for coming. (laughs) But I I think tight end's another position where if you played the same sort of game, could he finish as a 10 to 15 tight end? I think if we went down to about 25, everybody would be like, yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got a chance. And that's why spending an early pick uh, on some of these later guys, uh, like the Owen Daniels, might not make as much sense. Because I feel like they're all pretty much the same player after, uh, just right after probably Jordan Cameron. Another dude that's from Notre Dame as well, like uh, Kyle Rudolph, who's a high, high top ten pick at the tight end position on a team that's not rich with talent other than A.J. Green. Uh, 
is Eifert. You know, is Eifert a guy? Is a sneaky? He's even lower than those guys. His ADP is. Jeez, 25? 225. 24th tight end. 24 tight end, but 225. He's basically undrafted. So if you want to take a flyer on a late guy that's got talent, got potential, who knows, hasn't done it, hasn't bottled it up and made it happen yet, but at the same time, this is the value. It's the kind of guys where he is a high draft pick, where maybe it's the kind of everything comes together and it's his time, and you got him at your last pick of your draft. And the reason why it might be kind of his time or whatever, because they are really pushing themselves to being a run-oriented offense. <clears throat> With the drafting that they did, getting more offensive line, getting more tight ends as well, blocking tight ends, Eifert's going to be that guy who's going to be kind of like their X-factor in the offense. You have A.J. Green, who's your solid guy there. You're believing that Marvin Jones is going to step into the next role, but even if he doesn't, Eifert's a guy that you can bring out now Maybe even as a third tight end on some plays that are supposed to be really to make you believe it's going to be a full-on run, and then all of a sudden he's the he's the uh, the perfect route in the pattern to release. Everything I've heard is that he, he's catching absolutely everything thrown his way. He's making catches that tight end shouldn't be able to make that, that he's doing so far. Uh, I do love his potential, and they they were really high in him coming in. And with the structure of the, what the Bengals are doing, that's definitely a, a good later pick that you could get late in the draft. That's a guy that could sneak right up into the top ten tight ends. And I, I, there's another sleeper, I think, that you know, if I go with my same strategy that I have been with tight ends uh, over the last few years, um, I'll do just fine with this. Charles Clay. I'm telling you, the, the, I, the I, Bills, I like Charles Clay a lot. I've been, I've, he's I've right been, down there. He's 21st in tight ends, 189 ADP. He's right there with Eifert. I mean, they see he's going to play every single down. They they're, paid him a lot not, of money. They, are. they paid him a ton of money. They gave him like a three or four year contract, multi million, millions of dollars. He's going 35. to be. I mean, think about this. Uh, with what, uh, what's his name? Uh, EJ Manuel was doing with Scott Chandler for a while. Scott Chandler's gone. All right, they're gonna, and Chandler was only a sub package guy. He wasn't on the field every single down. They're playing. They're going to be playing Clay every single down. And uh, the, I mean, I, with the structure of the way that their offense runs as well, even if it's Castle, it's not like Castle is the best arm in the world. He's a checkdown type of guy, uh, or Tyra Taylor. I mean, I can't say that that guy's going to be throwing the hell out of the ball either. You got to love Clay's potential. He's another guy who could jump right there into the edge of the top ten. What do you got, Stag Party? The only thing with Charles Clay that concerns me is, are they going to use him as a legitimate wide receiver, or are they going to give him the Vernon Davis treatment that you know Greg Roman gave him last year, where he was just like, wait, how 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 do I use uh, uh, Vernon Davis as a tight end? Like, how am I supposed to play with him? Yeah. Like, uh, it, uh. Because uh, uh. <laughs> that's what his season looked like last year. It was bad. You picked a wrong week to quit Jim <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You picked the wrong week to stop having some of those. Well, there it is. That's why. So we're not getting much mercy here tonight. Well, you guys got to forgive me. You see, falling for money, it's my only vice. Here's your drink. Oh, thanks, sugar. Two vices. <laughs> yep. This pot. If I didn't have the Pyro podcast, I would drink so much less beer. There's no question about it. <laughs> what are you Early. drinking tonight? Oh, that's yeah, good call. Good call. I'm drinking it on my old favorite, Shoots Brewery, fresh squeezed IPA. I love the citrusy nature of this thing. Um, 
it's pretty much one of my three go-to beers. If, if I ever see this light blue uh, six-pack in, in, in packaging, I am pretty much know I'm going to be a happy drinker that night. It's like the San Diego Superchargers of beers. It is. It is. It has yeah. that baby, the baby blue. It's cool. And it's it's really cool. Their cases are fully baby blue. That, that must cost them a lot of money. No, that's the way he likes his men, too. <laughs> Babies in blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you guys you pictures from Col- Columbia. Me, I, I'm going to the to the Great Lakes Brewing Company, and it's the Rye of the Tiger. I like this IPA. It's got some good bite. They uh, just did, they did a packaging redesign. Uh, Stags, tell me about that uh, new Rocky movie. Oh, oh the Creed? new Rocky coming out, huh? Creed, Creed. with uh, Michael B. Jordan playing Apollo Creed's son, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Rocky's gonna yeah, Rocky's the trainer. Creed's son. I didn't hear about that. How yeah, did I not hear that. I don't know. You how'd, you, how'd you hear your subscription? No, Entertainment Weekly. I, right I think it's just it's the word on the wire. I pay a lot of attention to the boxing movies. I paid a lot of attention to Jose Aldo being a huge pussy and Plus. bowing out uh, of the UFC fight against Conor McGregor, my boy. Did you see the interview with McGregor? Yeah. Like, I read. Well, I read about it. Yeah, he's basically like, I broke his will uh, mentally. A lot, about a couple months ago. I guess yesterday I broke it physically. <laughs> that guy's such a badass. And what are you drinking, dog? Um, I'm drinking a Valverde. Silver bullet! Why don't you get the hell out of here? You ruined my life. Are you still holding on to all the anger? I said I was sorry. I meant it. Hey, I remember that night, too, and I don't remember anybody twisting your arm. Oh, God, just twisting your arm to Munson. I can't wait to tell people. What are you drinking? You're drinking a Coors Light there, buddy? Uh, it's a bullet. What do you like better, Coors Light, Bomber Beer, 24-ouncer, or a P- PBR? Or old style. Uh, old style. Yeah. If you had a choice. It's a bullet. It's a bullet. Bullet's your yeah. favorite beer? Well, no, it's not my favorite beer. I would, your favorite I would drink beer? I would probably drink your Deschutes, your your IPA over these. Easy. Why? You just get a little bit too buzzed out? Right. No, it's show. just yeah, sometimes it's just it's just too heavy, it fills me up too much, I end up you know peeing eight times during the show. Yeah. <laughs> either that or it's just like falling asleep. It rattles something loose. <laughs> <laughs> you turn something loose, Barry Tiger. <laughs> so I think we pretty much covered all the players in this range. How about we cover just our overall strategy? Uh, going, you know, 5 through 12, what kind of shots we're taking, what we're avoiding, why we're taking those shots. Does it depend on what we draft early or kind of just what's your overall take on those kind of rounds? Well, I'll start off. For me, of course it depends on what you draft early because your, your first four rounds are your foundation for your fantasy team. So then... Where are you going to go from there? But in my first four rounds for me, I'm basically figuring, <laughs> all things being equal, I'm going to come away with two wide receivers and two uh, running backs. Then I'm not going to have a quarterback on my team, uh, and I'm definitely not going to be the guy who drafted Gronkowski. So sitting at that point in time, when I'm going through 5 through through 12, I really want to super solidify my wide receivers and, and running backs in a, in a way that, I don't want to potentially draft the next position if I'm able to until round nine. I would like round nine to be where I probably take a quarterback, then round ten maybe grab a tight end, and then eleven and twelve. It it may be depending on if I if I'm sitting there and I'm able to have still have a value of like an Eli Manning as my backup. Maybe I'll grab a second quarterback, but otherwise I'm going right back. 
to the wide receiver and running back well, and I'm just building on those levels. Because again, as we talked about in previous podcasts, number one, knowing that this is where the, that super amazing level is of getting the talent, especially when you have other teams that are out there reaching for kickers, reaching for defenses, allowing you to take extra steps up in talent pool that's out there. Running back and wide receivers are always coveted. Quarterbacks and tight ends, you may have a guy that is the, the, you know, the third or second best scoring tight end who's doing amazingly well, but to get anyone that's that much interested in it, whereas if you have a guy that goes on a three-week span at the wide receiver or running back position and they're scoring an average of 18 to 22 points a week at those positions, you can pretty much demand whatever you want in trade return for them. So build your depth there. Use those, those guys potentially to completely fill out my rest of my roster through a trade, but I've drafted, you know, where I'm saying, uh, I mentioned in the mocker with Victor Cruz, I drafted him as my fifth. So, so I can trade my one, two, or three, and he's still not even a starter for me. That's the value of, of drafting heavily in wide receivers and running backs to me in those rounds. And again, maybe adding, definitely adding a quarterback, if not two, Tight end, I'll take it if he's there, but again, the guy who I'm really targeting and Kobe Fleener, I think I can wait till round 13, 14 to get him. Um, I, I am almost along the same lines as you. Um, I, I start taking chances on some uh, wide receivers and, and running backs is basically what I do. I, I grab a, a QB in there somewhere from rounds 5 to 12. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be actually a little later this year. I think it'll probably be around 8 or 9, um, depending on where I'm seeing things kind of fit. But I definitely start loading up on the wide receivers and running backs. There's not enough of a difference in points per game when it comes to tight ends for me to even for me to even go in the five to twelve range on those guys. I like I said, I can grab two or three of those, you know, those late guys that we were just talking about later than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the pyro draft, the latest mock draft, I got Antonio Gates in the fucking 14th round. Right. Okay, I mean, when guys like that are falling, which isn't going to happen in every draft, but there's going to be some like of those... It is, though. Yeah, with some He's of those more, guys, though, they're going to fall. Delaney Walker was a top 10 guy last year. Charles Clay was a top 10 guy the other... Uh, Two years ago, Heath Miller was a you know top ten guy, top eleven guy. You know, in the last three years basically, you can get those guys anytime you want later on. Why waste those middle round picks where you can take chances on big return wide receivers, big return uh, running backs, the second uh, running backs on teams? That's when you got to go for those guys, and I I don't see any other way to do it. And I agree. That's why I throw this point in there. When you look at the quarterback and the tight end position. These are two positions where you have players that hang on a lot longer yeah. than the running back or wide receiver position. You know, there are not that many Anquan Boldens that are able to do it for 11, 12 years. Yeah. You well, know, it's kind of like uh, Woody Harrelson you, uh, picking his nose. Uh, you putting putting one last point in there. Exactly. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> but here's, the, here's the way that I here's the way that I approach it. I think in that earlier part, I do want one of those earlier five, six, seven. I do want one of those tight ends. I like your call with Delaney Walker. He's going to be available in the teens. He's done it before. I like the situation. He's a guy that I can see being my second tight end. And if things go great, he starts trade bait. Either trade your the higher if I get an Olsen, if I get a Kelsey, or I get a uh, Ertz in that in that six seven range, five seven range. I'm happy with that because I've already gonna have probably two or three of my uh, um, wide receivers, and then 
I told you that that's almost a mistake. Maybe I've got to start doing a little bit more with the running backs. But I'm going to load up on running backs. But I'm going to definitely in that 10, 11, 12, I'll probably have already taken uh, in that probably 10, 11, 12 zone, I'm going to be taking my second quarterback. I'm going to go high. I'll probably have two quarterbacks before a number of teams have uh, even their first. I like to do this. I've done it for the past couple years in a number of my leagues. Quarterback is the easiest position to trade. Hands down. Correct. There's no question about it in any league. Some of the guys got a good team, but he went late on his quarterback, and he's like, "Fuck, I got all this other stuff. I need a quarterback." That's the buyer's fee. That's the your stuff. Your quarterback gets injured, and now you're totally sol because you didn't get a good secondary one. I like having, and the guy I've been getting, in literally like the twelfth, eleventh, twelfth round. And I've said this before on, on shows. Is Russell Wilson? That's gonna change this year. He's yeah. done it for three yeah. years in a row. <laughs> People haven't been buying into him. Like, oh, it's all. All him, it's all uh, you know. Now all of a sudden they're gonna be like, I'm the dumbest such a Russell Wilson fan. Yeah, they're gonna show up wearing his jersey. It's different yeah. now. But there's guys. <laughs> Eli Manning is one of those guys. Man, might even wait, and he's my number one. Tannehill's going a little bit high. You know, I said I like a Flacco as my QB number two. So in that zone, in this, in, in that, in that ten through 12, 13, depending on when I grab my first one, I'm not gonna be one of those guys, and I Bradford hate it. Maybe. Uh, Bradford, I haven't seen him play. Stafford might fall to you. Stafford's going late, but I don't really love him. But the one thing I hate when people do is they wait a long time. And whenever I see teams do it, I always feel like it's an amateurish move. They wait a long time for a QB, or they don't even wait. And then they do two QBs in a row. I do not like, you know, like two picks in a yeah, row. QB, will, QB. I've done that before with tight ends. Uh, tight ends? It's different. different. I think, tight ends I think different. it's different. And I think why does he run that but guy? Thing, though, QB, but I, it's like, I don't know. Really? It all depends because it's like. You just read, four, gone four rounds earlier. And because just here's the reason. Because you, you, The reason why I would do that is I've waited so long. I've been grabbing every other position. And I'm like, okay, I've, just, I've, I've sacrificed it a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm picking in. You know, not the best bunch of apples, but I got some really good apples in here. I'm going to grab two of them because you know what? The odds of me grabbing two right now, it's going to work out better than if I grab one and wait four rounds to grab my next one. Because if that first apple is bad, I probably have picking from a lot worse of a, of a bucket than that second one. And I probably got two rotten apples. Give me two chances in this first batch. I'll take my chances here. If I've waited, it's like 10, 11 rounds that I'm doing it in, I have no problem with that. You turned into the witch from the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> and then one thing you could do if you're drafting the two QBs in a row is you could take a safe guy. You could take like a Phillip Rivers. Uh, sure. You could take like a Carson Palmer. And then the second guy is your home run swing. Uh, Can't you do that when you draft them three rounds apart, though? I just don't you like. Could, I'm, not, I like I'm, not, I'm not against quarterbacks being in, in a go, small window. I, I just don't like the way. double. Even when, it, especially well, the double for I've me seen though, it on the wraparound where it's like two on a, on a snake serpentine and there's two in a row. It's like Ish. so. Me, for me, I don't. I don't. I don't like that approach. If I'm waiting that long, I'm going for two quarterbacks at that point that I feel are lowest floor, highest ceilings at that point. Two of them. Both of them. I want the. Do you, I, I'm do not, you like I'm not, winning championships? Listen, because it's at the same time, it's, it's it's understand that how your league is. If I'm drafting the two quarterbacks here, if I can grab Eli Manning, I think I got I got a top five floor, a top five ceiling. I mean, and at the same time, I'll grab my Philip Rivers as the other guy, so that I have minimum a number twelve floor. So good. Now I'm I'm covered. I got I got it all bases covered. Now the problem can be that they're both players are. 
are performing around the same level and who do you start on a week-to-week basis. I don't fucking care about that at that point in time because you know what? If I have those two quarterbacks who are both performing at that level, as you said, easiest to trade, and then I can, I'll even say to somebody else, I want this guy, which which one of those do you want? With Take those one. two, I'm not, not, gonna grab on, not growing attachments. With those two, you mentioned, though, in all honesty, to, to go to what you were saying, both those guys are safe picks. The ceiling's there. But you know you're getting 16 weeks out of both those guys. Right. So, in all honesty, I think Stag probably would say one of those guys would be the Rivers or the Eli. And the other guy would just be like, what if? What if the, everything comes together? Whether it's a Winston, whether it's a Mariota, whether it's whoever. But there's just that other that this could be the, tra- the crazy season. But those guys, See, I love well, both. And they're both going to be available that in the guy, my, my thing is this. My, you know, here's my thing. I'll take my chances because enough that I've seen with quarterbacks... Old guys have resurgences. Yeah. And, you know, because they've done it before. Guys who are playoff quality quarterbacks, not a Jay Cutler. I'm not taking a chance on that guy who's been around the league forever. But Rivers has been to championship games. Eli has won two championships. Sure, those are two guys that I trust that the ceiling is going to be high and that the floor is not going to be that low. Yeah. If I said it like this, if I said I'm going to take one high floor guy and one high ceiling guy, which is the same thing you just said. You'd agree with me, right? <laughs> yeah, but my guys, I believe, are both high floor and high ceiling guys, and they're not risks. I think the difference is that you're, you're talking chance. If you're talking Blake Bortles, you're talking. I'm not talking that. I'm talking like a Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, no. no. I've, 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 you want to know yeah. what? Here's the problem. I've had him on my team in two different years, <laughs> and I've been fucking burned. You want to know what that floor is? It's sub level. It's a low fucking floor. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I like it. Well, now we know how here, to bring, here, I feel, bring that wrath. Where's the monster drink? Have you here it is. The monster? Here's, 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 here's my out. answer for Colin Kaepernick. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The money we came here to win is right here in Reno. And a legitimate sporting contest where the best player wins because he's the best player. And we have the best player. Okay, I'm listening. We are going to do what we set out to do. We're going to win that tournament. Yes! I knew it. I knew you were a champion the minute I saw you bowl this. I'm not going to bowl. You are. Colin Kaepernick. You are such a loser. You're a bona fide schmuck. Look at me. <laughs> Bullshit. That's what I Those are the kind of conversations I've had every time I've been in Reno. I'm just not going to lie. <laughs> and I've been in Reno a lot of times, to be honest. Little Sadly, big city. Good times, yeah. Um, all right, what, what, give us your little uh, uh, primer. Yeah, what do you, what do you, what's your approach? Give us your stream. Listen, listen I, <laughs> I I just streamed over there. there so. Stanley streamer. Basically. <laughs> basically. We got it all. At <laughs> <Et> all. <laughs> so uh, five Giggles. and six. Five and six. I'm probably gonna add. <laughs> Anything else? Can, can I no, talk? No, we're good. We're <laughs> all, right. all right, boys. Uh, five and six, I'm probably drafting another running back and another wide receiver. I want to leave the sixth round with three running backs. Then seven or eight, I'm going to draft a QB, depending on you know where I feel I can get value. Maybe even nine, push it to ten, if I, if the value's still there on the board. I'm with you on that. That uh, seems different, to be honest, than what you've been saying a little bit uh, over the past month. No, I always said you're, you're going to be going at quarterback just where everyone else really is. I thought you were going to be really waiting, going I mean, into that I, 12, 13 for your first, and then doing grabbing a couple more of those during those teen rounds. I could do that. I'd be comfortable 
If I can get Carson Palmer, if I know I can get Carson Palmer in the 12th round, I'd wait all day. But I don't know that for sure, so I've usually been going on. I think you can get him in the 12th round. Maybe. In, in, in I think most, you can. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. Not guaranteed, but he's. People aren't people aren't clamoring for Carson Palmer, no matter how much he might deliver what you guys think. Just because is the age, age, yeah, the agent exactly agent injury and his ADP is one eighty seven. But usually, my first QB. My my first QB is right. eight or nine, uh, and I'm usually drafting Eli Manning because Which I, I think, think it's an amazing pick. I think because I think he's got a top five potential this season, which is probably real high. I I rank him somewhere around you know nine or ten. But I think he's got top five potential. I don't think he's going to do it. I, I think he's got think a he's, lot of... I also think his floor is a little lower than yeah. you would like, too. Yeah. Victor Cruz doesn't really come back. Yeah. Yeah. Odell Beckham keeps dealing with injuries. And Ruben Randall just turns out to be Ruben Randall. Of all. Yeah. Ruben Randall I mean, of you're talking to... I mean, Larry Donnell. I'm sorry. Anybody who's picking Larry Donnell on their team this year, you're going to be Oh, Harry! Did you Larry say Larry Donnell? His ADP Larry is, Larry Donnell. is way low. He's, he's not going... He's yeah, not but he, going I think he's his, like, his ADP is like above a couple of guys that we're making. It's above Eifert. Eifert, yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. Which for sure. drives but it's me not, insane. But it's not high, though. He's uh, that, No, it's like, he's... I mean, Larry it's, He's one ahead of Eifert, 217 overall, 23rd yeah. at the position. And then I'm loading up on more running backs, wide receivers, mostly guys... Who are lottery tickets? Uh, who mm-hmm. I think, if everything goes right, they could finish, you know, as a wide receiver too, as a running back too, as sort of a flex player, depending on what my roster needs. But I'm swinging for the fences. I don't play for playoffs. I play for championships. I'd rather have one of the worst teams in the league, uh, and shit just then went end wrong. Up fourth. Then have uh, then end up fourth in the playoffs. So if I great. if I reach the playoffs, I want to win the championship. Period. I do not give a crap about just being in the playoffs every year and being a mediocre Nancy. I'm with you. Come on, boy, full. The name's not boy. It's Roy. Mock draft. I assume that's why you drafted guys like uh, Jeremy Macklin and Charles Sims and Rashad Jennings and David Cobb. <laughs> I, I told you I was drunk drafting that. One. <laughs> you were drunk drafting that. I, I wrote it over in, seven days, over okay. seventeen days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were drunk the whole the whole seventeen day mock. I love it. It was a bit, it was a bit of a bit. <laughs> but I but I I differ on the Jeremy Macklin thing with you. But if you would have started with. Devonta Freeman, Rashad Jennings, and David Cobb. Then I would have said absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. I understand what you're saying. When you you're talking <laughs> from everything I hear from you on draft stag party, how many in a in a 16 round draft? Let's say you're in a 10 or 12 man league, 16 round draft. How many running backs are you going to have on your team? At least six. Agreed. At least six, At least but six. It's probably like seven. Uh. Then I'm going to have five wide receivers for 12. But you're going to have gone higher on your wide receivers, or no? Will you be more confident with your four or five wide receivers within those 16 rounds because you went higher on them and you took more flyers or late rounds? How does that How does that work? It almost depends. On, I think it depends on what you're more confident in at that yeah, point. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you more confident in your top receivers, or you're more confident in your top running backs? That kind of yeah, that, okay. that, that mixes Fluid. and matches. Yeah, if it. I if I go two running backs, then I'm probably going to load up on wide receivers yeah. from three to seven, and then go with uh, you know other guys there, uh, and then add a late lottery ticket. Uh, but it's usually about six running backs. Uh, Five wide receivers for maybe seven running backs, so I'm at 12. And then I'm, I usually only roster one QB and one uh, tight end, or right. one QB, one tight end, one kicker, one defense. Agreed. And that finishes it out uh, because by the time the first bye week rolls around, I will have an injury to one of my 12 running backs or wide receivers. Or one of those guys will suck balls. And, and I will drop them, and I will pick up my bye week replacement. But one of the things I've noticed I've had to do, though, with tinkering with the bye weeks, is that I have to draft a QB and a tight end with different bye weeks. Mm. So that's mm. the only thing that's a little weird, because then you might have to drop a, a real serviceable guy. That's true. But other, other than those things, you, the, the, you guys have been proponents of don't worry about bye weeks. But other than that, if you're doing more of the streaming and only holding a, one quarterback and one tight end, then you just want to make sure those two positions don't Again, fall Again, it goes time. back to know your league, right? If you're in a restricted type uh, a league of waiver wire, then yeah, you need to be very aware of bye weeks. Bye but it's true. if you're in a freewheeling, you can pick up and drop as many guys as you want. Yes, there's waiver priority for the top guys. But you otherwise just like you know first come first serve who can go on that's not just scheduled to one day. By all means, don't worry about the damn bye weeks. Yeah, like, especially or, if you're or, in a ten team league, league where you, we roster twenty four guys. Right, or, <laughs> yeah. or a ten team league where there's just so much depth. I just don't worry about it. Ten yeah. team league, don't worry about it. Yeah, but the one don't thing draft I will two say, quarterbacks obviously with the same yeah, bye and league. tight ends. Right, tight end and the quarterbacks. Make sure that your second your, your t- tight end two. You don't do it. I do. You, I think you probably do it, but quarter. I'll draft two tight ends in most leagues and two quarterbacks. I'm definitely making sure before I take the second of each of those, the bye week doesn't fall on the same. And I've done it before. Now, especially if that bye week is three, four, or five, right? Because it's early in the season. A lot of things, if your bye weeks are not until seven, eight, nine, that's better because three, four, five is tough to try to get people who aren't trading yet to start trading yeah. at week three. Well, let me give a quick, you're in trouble and you can't make a pickup. Let me give a quick pyro promo. i got to do a better job of these throughout the show. Uh, I try not to be too salesy. I feel like sometimes when I listen to the podcast and I rattle off three pyro promos in a row, it's like, ick. But uh, Draft Kit version 3 is out. The thing is a lethal weapon of mass destruction. The thing is sick. Can't wait. Version 4 will be out probably between the 15th and the 20th of July. You buy it now for your America... A holiday celebration. Well, it's uh, nothing reading. more American than football. Yeah, nothing and, more American and than pyromaniac, than pyromaniac apple pie, kit. and Fourth of July. It's true. Um, so check that thing out. Pick it up. It's twenty bucks. Like nothing you've ever seen. You can get lost in an individual tab that, and there's twenty two of them that'll just for a day at a time. And I'll be honest, the testimonials have been incredible. I got to start posting those a little bit more. But no one's bought this and asked. 
what the hell is this? All we get is fan mail and saying, wow, you guys are on a different level. And so, you should charge a lot more, they tell yeah, us. Yeah, they say you should charge 20 just for the SOS alone. Uh, so, amen. You know, there's a bi weeks uh, tab, and it's tab number two. Easiest tab for us to put together, but it's an important thing. Go check it out. Go look at when these players have their bye weeks, blah, blah, blah. Uh, all right, Pyro Podcast Light. Stag Party and Moe did the first uh, episode of it last week. I thought it was a major success. We're going to be doing it on a weekly basis um, this week uh, for episode two. Mo is sick right now. We're going to find out in the next couple days. Mo has got 103 temperature as of today. So for this week, Mo might be out. And this is not the way it's going to be. But D-Rex and Stag Party might be doing episode two together. I don't like to bring things back, but, you know, since he's not feeling well. <laughs> What you doing there, Mr. Munson? Mr. Moore? Barfin. Mr. Barfin. Barfin. So, um, if, if, hopefully Mo can do it, because I thought that podcast was awesome. I think you guys were it's just great. What you are going to be able to do, Val Airday is going to spell in. We'll all guest appear on it here or there. Uh, but it's going to be a different type of show, a little more segmented, hour-long. Nice work, Pyro Podcast Light. Um, so that's really what I got. Give us some uh, comments on, on uh, in our footer on the Discuss. Uh, you know, on any piece that an op-ed you like, check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. Twitter, we're killing it too. We're doing a lot of stuff on Reddit these days. Uh, OCs getting getting going and energized on the Reddit fantasy football community, which is a lot of people and kind of cool. So, just been awesome. Obviously, there's a lot of momentum uh, with what's going on with us. We're, uh, me and Stags are going to be doing uh, a video uh, for the draft kit in the next couple days. Uh, to give you a pyro video cast. You're going to do it shirtless for all you women out there. Oh, yeah, and God. Actually, I need to call uh, Lucas Films. We need an ILM here. I need to, we need to get the 300 treatment. We're at the green screen. I need some CGI quick. Tell, oh. me, tell me if I'm wrong, though. I think you were, you were talking about this earlier. I think T-Rex is holding a competition uh, and, and sending pictures and all that sort of stuff to be his Stay Puff Jonah Hill... Colombian escort. <laughs> send him yeah, the pictures. Him let him do true. some coke off your ass. You'll have a great fucking time. <laughs> this my break before I started the podcast. I was uh, I was um, Jeffrey Dahmer's fluffer. Oh well, <laughs> I learned from the best. Uh, absolutely, that's the videos are really going to be now. Um, thanks for that one. I yeah. thought we got rid of my gayness in Colombia a long time ago <laughs> on this show. Uh, but awesome stuff, good podcast, guys. Let's be honest, quickly. The the championships are not won in the first two rounds. Yep. We we talk about the great players; they're very important. You can get a dominating team and walk out of your first three four rounds with a team that's just gonna be really hard to beat. But after your draft, you gotta be doing stuff week to week. You gotta have a bench because injuries happen. You gotta be willing to trade and shake things up, trade value and, and fill up other spots. Do not just think all this preseason stuff and all the draft advice is enough. Um, but at the same time, there ain't no right way to win, but always walking out of a draft and having the most balanced, talent-laden team is going to be your best, uh, your, your, your best friend uh, throughout a fantasy football season. You look back, we talked about it, uh, and I'll shut up here in a minute and let you guys each say a closing word. We look back at even the drafts that you did last year, something you need to do, do an audit. Check out, and you're just like, oh my god, I drafted that guy in the sixth? How could I have been such an idiot? That's 18 months, uh, I mean, 11 months ago kind of stuff. 
do that. Look at that audit. You'll be surprised. And a year from now, the people we're talking about, there are going to be a handful of them that were like, oh my God, we were telling people to do that. Anyway, this is important stuff. 5 through 12, the end of the draft, the lower guys, you're going to find the gems and it's going to be the difference. Stag Party was saying it before. I 100% agree. First of all, as Derek said, it ain't one in the first five rounds. It's one in five through twelve. If you're playing in in a six in sixteen rounds uh, leagues, if you're playing in twenty round, twenty four round, it's one in those later rounds, a mid to later rounds. That's when it's one, and it's not just that. Go for the gusto. Don't play just to get to the playoffs. Don't play just to be the mediocre guy. Don't play to just say, yeah, I made the playoffs five years in a row. How many did you win? Not none, but. I was in the playoffs five years in a row. You're not good. You're not that good if you only made the playoffs five years in a row. If you only made it two out of five times and you won it all both those times, then you're a fucking master. Yeah, that's true. that's what fucking counts as winning it all. Go for it all with those picks. The five through twelve picks, the the you know, the the eight through you know sixteen picks. Go for it all with those ones. Don't be lame. Don't don't grab your uh Derek Mason's. <laughs> Who's Derek Mason? Nate Washington. Yeah, you're Nate Washington. You're, you're, even your Boland. I think Boland's. A, I mean, he's a good, steady player, but it's. It's not going to win you anything. It's not going to win you weeks. It's not going to win you what you need to win. Go for it all, guys. One last thing I'll say on that to follow up. What you say is, it's fun in a draft to target one guy. That is your if. If this guy, everything falls into place, if the stars align for this guy, and it might be your third to last pick, your second to last pick, well, if you guys, it might, just that last guy, right? we talked about this in the show, I did it with Victor Cruz in round 22 one year, a year after you had done it in about the same draft, and the freaking guy blew up. Yep. Find that one guy that it's one, what if, that in your tier you have circled around, and you just know no one else is going to get it, and you put it, I did it with Tebow four years ago, you know, just that last guy, Kaepernick. I think about three years ago. Find that one guy, pick that guy up that is your dude that it might be a worthless pick, but if, but if. Yep. I'll give you this. Uh, in my league last year, the team that uh, ended up, he didn't end up winning the league because it always happens, but he had the best record throughout the regular season, had the most points, was just a dominating team. Like, beat the most total points by 200 points. That lets you know. Wait, here's, of the history of the league? History of the league. The second guy history of the league. Okay, history of the league. Wow. Here's his 5 through 12. 5, Victor Cruz, then Jeremy Macklin, Trent Richardson, miss, Greg Olson. So that's ninth pick is Olson or 8th? Uh, Victor Cruz, 5, Macklin, 6, Richardson, uh, 7, Olson, 8, Golden oh, Tate wow. in the ninth round, 12-team league, Lamar Miller in the 10th, DeAndre Hopkins in the 11th. Wow. And Jonathan Stewart, who cleaned up at the end of the year in the 12th. Yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's a hell of a lot of damage action. that you can do. And how you can get to the champ. He got to the championship game. But then he went against ODB and probably... No, this was, this was my league that goes into the actual playoffs. Uh, playoffs so craziness. yeah. He if had, it was in he, a regular league, he probably would have won. Oh, he, he, he was so far ahead of everyone <laughs> yeah. from the get-go. And he also had Peyton Manning, Le'Veon Bell, and DeMarco Murray. <laughs> this seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah, in a twelve-team league, like compl- and, and people played against people who know what they're doing. He, he loaded them up at all. Year. Say your last words at all, and then we'll shut this party out with more Django Django. Here, here's the here's the thing. I was kind of confused that D Rex let us talk after him, so I don't really have anything prepared. Okay, 
Yeah. But, well, then you're not going to get another opportunity if you don't say it. Like, he missed out last I mean, I, there's a couple things. I'm all about hitting the lottery, going for the gusto, uh, going for the ship, because, you know, your name goes on the trophy only if you're in first place. I don't know. I, I've never put a second place team on there. Nope. nope. If, as Ricky Bobby no, would say, if you ain't first, you're last. I was high when I said that. You could be second. You could be third. You could be fourth. Shit, you need me fifth. Well, I'm high right now, so it counts. High on the devil's juice. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you. Awesome stuff. That's two podcasts in the last three and a half days. That's Amen. like eight podcasts in the last 18 days. Yep. And we're loving it. We're going to have another. That Pyro Podcast Light will be either coming out tomorrow or on Friday. Maybe this weekend if Mo's going to be feeling better. But that's an awesome little supplemental thing. Pyro, we are bringing the podcast domination for you. And no one does it like us. And like Django Django, we make you shake and tremble. Let's do it. Shake and tremble. Peace. Peace.
Mr. Munson. Miss Claudia, what are you two doing here? I'll tell you what they're doing here. They came to tell us the truth about your trip.